Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Character and Smallman podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Good morning, St. Louis. Good morning, St. Louis. This is Carrie Davis in the Character and Smallman show, joined by my friend Kerber and Brooke Grimsley. How are you all doing this morning? I'm doing awesome. Look, I think for this one week, Randy's gone, right? Randy's on vacation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Michelle, she's moved back to New York. She did. Okay. So, and we, and we wish her the absolute best. So this week it is not Carriker and Smallman. Now we know that coming okay. up, coming up next Monday, is the <laughs> official start of the opening drive with you and Randy Carriker. So we don't want to call the show the opening drive yet, okay? Because I, I think they're still working on all the uh, all the imaging of that anyway too. So that's why the open said it's Carriker and Smallman still. But I think this week we got to come up with a name for the show since it's the three of us all week. So like we can call it the driving range because you know you're warming up for the opening drive. Okay. We can call it the pit stop. I mean that's opening <laughs> drive. You know if you're watching Formula One like I started doing that, that that's one. But but. Somewhere there's a different name for this. Or the Three Stooges. I was going to say the Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> Something with three. Hey, hey. <laughs> okay, how many people out there on a Tuesday morning, first off, how many of you thought it was a Monday morning, but on a Tuesday morning, how many people, when you hear the name, uh, the, the word Three Amigos, you automatically do the uh, cross, do chest, the cross hand chest hand routine? <laughs> I think it's a... Uh, First of all, I think many people remember that it is Tuesday because they knew that they didn't have to go to work on Monday. Yeah. I think most people enjoy that three-day weekend or not, you know, excited about not having to get up and go to work on a Monday morning when you have a day off. So I, I hope that they know it's Tuesday. They set their alarms, didn't leave them off like I, like I think some people did, <laughs> myself included, and were able to get up and get to work on time in a safe manner and listening to us on the way in. I was a little groggy this morning, too. I think it was that long. Even though I worked all weekend, you guys, it was still a little hard for me to get up this morning because it's just that feeling of even coming off a holiday weekend. It's almost like I was celebrating with everybody else, and it kind of took me a little bit to get up this morning, too. Well, wait a minute. Let's be fair about this, though. You're a night person. You're working You're I, working uh, late. You're working night. So, hey, Brooke, get to the radio station and start yapping by 7 in the morning is a different... Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm a night owl for sure. Yeah. So this is this is a little, this will be a little different for me this week. A uh, lot of coffee, a lot of Celsius. Maybe we need yeah. to get a sponsorship here because I'll be drinking a go. lot of this this week. Is that, a what lot is of it? Does what that is have that? a lot of caffeine in it? It is does. That? Celsius is actually one of my one. favorite ones right now. 
Is it? Is it like is a it monster drink? drink? Yeah, monster yeah, drink or a, Red Bull a, equivalent. It, this is what this is what got me right. It says essential energy, not just energy. Essential, essential. energy essential. accelerates <laughs> metabolism supposedly. Oh, okay, burns body fat. Right there, I need sold. one of those as well. I don't know if any if it does any I'm of those. Okay, but, but it says it. I'm saying, and that's all that it's on the can, so exactly. it must be true. I'm saying, bunk on all three. True. It has to be true. <laughs> if I could increase my metabolism by taking an energy drink, although now listen, well, I'll tell you this story because I, I guess at some point someone's gonna we're gonna have to start talking some baseball and, and some other things. But I quit drinking caffeine. What 23, 24 years ago now? How do you survive? Uh, okay, I, I, I haven't. I, I'm gonna be honest, Kerber. I, 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 I had coffee this morning, so I'm okay. But if I don't have coffee. Yeah, I'm one of those people that if I don't get my morning cup of Joe, I, I'm a little. Uh, I've learned not, to drink some coffee, person. but I drink decaf. Oh and I, and I, no, Carver, you yeah. oh, hey, yeah. oh my God, we're gonna move. Let's let's slide this way Listen, because you guys yeah. want to have people some that fun. Drink decaf are are, okay. are a little different. I, I will do an ex- <laughs> I will do an experiment for you. I will do an experiment for you once this week. We'll pick the day. All right, uh, but if we come in, somebody give me a full. Fully caffeinated coffee, or you sprinkle in some of the other stuff, right? Well, I don't know how. Where you get the extra squirts or shots or pumps of different things, right? The okay. T- shot espresso, okay. a shot of yeah. Okay. What, what, whatever All you guys, those pumps whatever, and whatever said. caffeine drinkers call that stuff. <laughs> okay. If I if I drink one of those right now in the eight o'clock hour. You guys are going to have a hard time. Like, my hand will be shaking. I'll be talking so fast, I'd be calling two hockey games at I, once. I have a question, though. This, this is a personal question. Yeah. What is the purpose of decaf? Is it just the feeling that you are drinking coffee? Because in, in, in how I drink coffee, it is for that burst of energy, that, that 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 boost that, that caffeine gives me. I see no purpose. So I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll put it out there. I see no purpose in decaf, and I see no purpose in cold coffee. Listen, I, and it's I, just my opinion. I'm with you. Okay, so I didn't drink coffee, and my wife looked at me one time, and apparently, and and she wishes she hadn't have said it this way, but she said, "You know, your one fault is that you don't drink coffee." I go, "That's my only problem. I can fix things," <laughs> but, but she's because she was like, "No, I'd like to sit here and have you drink coffee with them, and I do like hot teas, all right, but I still do the decaf ones, and." Uh, so I've just been trying to do it. So every now and then I brew a cup of coffee just to make her feel better, I guess. Because if I I was doing a hockey game right before I was drinking. I, I used to drink Coca-Cola like people would drink coffee. Okay. I'd, I'd have a Coke in the morning. Okay. All right. And uh, I was up in St. John, New Brunswick, about 15 minutes before doing a hockey game. And my heart started racing. And I'm like, oh, this is like, and it was like, this is a problem. So I go down into the locker room. They put me in the equipment truck of the Cal. It was a, they were playing the St. John Flames, which was affiliated with the Calgary Flames. They put me in the equipment truck. They take me to the hospital. The doc goes, no, it's not a heart attack because it's, it's a regular beat. It's just speeding up. They couldn't figure out what was going on. I saw a cardiologist, who, and, and I had a nine-hour bus ride from St. John back to Springfield that night up through Northern Maine. You're like, what the hell if this happens? You know, it's going to be just dump me out off the bus, right? And I got back. They couldn't figure it out. I said, well, maybe I just cut down. So for 10 days, I had no caffeine. Or I said, time to cut out the caffeine and stuff. And uh, I had some headaches. I was slow for about 10 days. That 11th day, boom, woke up. Now, if I get a little tired, I just take a nap. That's it. <laughs> well, well, Kirby, you know who, who didn't look tired yesterday was Jack Flaherty. He was 
coming back off of the uh, the injury and, and the yeah. IL and the got his first win captain free. He, they, they, <laughs> <laughs> he was able to go uh, five innings, six hits, one earned run, one walk, and six strikeouts. And and I think when you when you look at Jack, um, that's what we expected. The strikeouts, obviously, and and him just having that stuff, being able to be an ace type of pitcher, and that's what we want to see from him. And that's those are the things that. Uh, getting him back in the fold, allowing your bullpen to, allowing other pieces to move into the bullpen as, as such as Dakota Hudson. I think that having him back in the fold was an awesome thing yesterday, and it was good to see him. Obviously, didn't get the win, but his performance was pretty good. Well, Brooke, you've been in that locker room now, so you've seen the, 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 his third opening day, as as he put it earlier. What what did you see from him yesterday? That gives you maybe even a better feel, and not not talking. What did you see on the mound? What did you see, and how he met the media, and, and what he was talking about, and his confidence in what he did. Well, I mean, that's the thing that you heard from him straight away, right? He said that he felt more confident and comfortable on the mound, and you could see it when he was out there. Of course, it wasn't the result that you would like to see the end, the end score result. But at the same time, something that really stuck out to me was in that third inning, especially. So he gave up that Abrams triple, and then Lane Thomas with his little revenge tour against his former team there. Ground rule double. But then he had three straight strikeouts. And I thought that that was great that he was able to get to that. He was pitching around the mid-90s range. And, I mean, his command was fantastic. And the confidence that he had, too, you could just see that radiate off the mound as well. And the fact that even, too, Ali Marmal mentioned that as well, I mean, it's one game, but still, this is what we were waiting for, right? We were waiting to see if Jack Flaherty can get back to that 2019 form. I think from a confidence standpoint, you can tell that he feels good about where he's at right now. The rehabs went really well for him. They planned this out a little bit better together as a group. That's Jack Flaherty, the front office, Ali Marmol, all of them together. And you could tell that right now he's really confident in all of his stuff. And he said that over and over again. That's when you have a good Jack Flaherty right now. And that's what you need, especially here in September going into October. You need Jack Flaherty in the starting rotation, and you need him confident. You know what? I wonder, and Carrie, you having played pro sports can attest to this more than anything else. We've seen so far this year a bit of a mental process for Jack Flaherty. Mm -hmm. And I think we've also seen something where there's been a little give and take in the trust department. And this is huge. I really do believe that the trust between a player and the organization, the organization and the player has to be there. They let, the last time he came off the injured list, Jack Flaherty kind of dictated what he was doing. Right? He said, no, I don't want to do one more rehab start. I want to come up and go. And the Cardinals said, okay, well, you, sometimes you got to let the guy decide that, right? And so he brought him up. Obviously, that didn't go well. Not long after that, he ends up back on I. This time, there was no talk of anything like right. that. And, right. and you could tell he, he was on a regiment. He wasn't going to speed it up. And, yes, they lost yesterday. But they lost not because of him. Mm-hmm. But, but they lost yesterday. But he was better. I, I think that... Him saying, I, no, I don't want one more rehab start the last time. Then this time the Cardinals said, yeah, let's just kind of handle it the way we need to handle it. I think has been a, is probably going to help him here. Yeah, it, it becomes a trust factor with, you know, player, organization. And sometimes when you are, are a younger guy, meaning not as established as older guys, they – they, they tend to tell you what to do, but when you're as talented as he is, they, they may allow you to say, okay, I feel ready. Um, maybe got burned once the organization did and said, you know what, we're going to do it our way this time, and we're going to see 
if you do if you do get this extra start, this extra time down there, how well will you be able to perform? Well, and just real quick, Lisa, I hear you about the triple part. I see that you texted in the text line. Triple Brooke, O'Neal misplayed the ball. Look, I saw that. Yeah. At the end of the day, what matters is how Jack Flaherty responded because you can have misplays happen behind you. And look, it's very rare that the Cardinals defense has a misplay, right? Yeah. They're not going to be perfect. How the pitcher responds in that situation is huge. And the fact that Jack Flaherty was able to respond in a good manner, able to get three strikeouts to get out of that inning after that misplay, that says to the defense, look, you can mess up. I'm still going to pick us back up and get us out of this yep. inning. Let's hear from Jack and see how he thought his game went yesterday. You know, some good, some bad. I made pitches when I needed to for the most part. It was, uh, you know, they, they, when I when I was ahead, good things happened. When I fell behind, you know, they, they, they strung some hits together. Um, made a mistake 0-2 to, to Lane, and, uh, you know, he did what you do and make a mistake 0-2. So, um, other than that, you know, made pitches when I needed to. Made pitches when I needed to, and that's the most important yep. thing. Uh, you know, getting in front of hitters, obviously, is, as a as a pitcher, that's what you want to do when you get behind. Bad things tend to happen, as he said. Overall, I think when you look at his performance, you have to be excited of what you plan to see for the rest of the season, for the rest of this season, and in the postseason. I I, I was excited by what he was able to do, and and got out of trouble when when things went bad for him, and. That six runs wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't on him. It was, it was more the bullpen. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Jack can continue to do. And, and I think the more pitches, the more out, the more starts that he has, the better his outcomes will be. Well, and also that's the biggest thing, too, is because the whole reason that he went on the I.L. in the first place is because of his dead arm. So you look at the velocity standpoint of it. The fact that he was able to, you know, hit those mid-90s is a huge factor in knowing that he's healthy and confident in his stuff right now. And that's what you need going into this. And look, this is a perfect timing for Dakota Hudson, too. He's able to go down, you know, get some extra work, fix on what he needs to that's not going to be in big league action so that he could possibly come up and help the Cardinals in other situations instead of working it out in big league games and costing them wins. Dakota. Okay, I'm done with Dakota Hudson. You're done? You're moving on from Dakota Hudson? Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily that's what they did. Because here's the thing. And and, and, and maybe maybe we'll have to do it in another segment when we have some time. But when it comes, because I'll make the same statement maybe about Dakota Hudson and relate it to Jack Flaherty here. And maybe I'm completely in the minority on this. I've adjusted my expectations. Completely adjusted my expectations. All right? This nugget from Matt Rocchio is going to stand out. It stands out, okay? Jack Flaherty last pitched five or more innings on August 18th of 21. So almost a full year since he had pitched more than five innings in a game. Seven appearances, three starts. Everybody keeps saying, hey, we gotta we, we hope that Jack Flaherty can come back and you're hoping that he's gonna be the Jack Flaherty in the second half of twenty nineteen. And by the way, I'm saying second half, right? Not the full year. You haven't seen a full year of that consistency because of health, because of whatever. So for me, I just want him back. I want him confident. You've got your ace in Adam Wainwright. You've got your 1A right now in Michaelis, even though I know each of their last two starts wasn't great for either one of them. But let's face it, you're looking at the full body work, not one start. All right. Jack Flaherty is not the guy 
that you're going, hey, he's my go-to guy right now if I need to win one game. He's he's your number three guy if he shows consistency over these next little whiles. And if that's the case, you're in good shape. You're fine. So I my, my expectations are just for the guy itself. Dude, stay healthy and find a groove. Well, just that's where my about, expectations is for him. This is just like a nasty group right now. You have Jordan Montgomery just lost to this weekend. Fantastic start. Adam Wainwright was still able to do well despite, you know, not a great outing for him, but still putting the Cardinals in a position to win. I mean, this is a pretty good group that you have, Miles, as well. And now, Jack, that's a nasty starting rotation. Make sure make sure you all leave a text on the Air Comfort Service text line at 65780 or a mic drop at 101 ESPN app. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit about Albert Pujols and the show that he put on over the weekend. That's when we return on the Carriker and Smallman Show. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The 0-1 pitch. Albert hits one a ton! Deep left! It is gone! 695! They pitch to him, and they get burned! His final at bat against the Cubs! A pinch hit, two-run! Todo elevado, profundo, jardín izquierdo, la pelota se va, la pelota se va, y esa pelota se convierte en historia, cuadrangular de Albert Pujols, otro más en el año, 695 en su carrera, los cardenales se van arriba, 2 a 0, escuche usted, el Bush Stadium se vuelve loco, 46 mil y pico de personas, así le agradecen a José Alberto, la máquina, Pujols. Welcome back to Character and Smallman. Clarkson Jewelers time check is 7:23, and that audio is courtesy of Valley Sports Midwest and the Spanish language broadcast. That's pretty awesome. I, I otro, uh, otro, another one this year. I heard you him heard say, that too, huh? Otro años, another one this <laughs> My year. My four years of high school Spanish helped me out a little bit on that one. I guess. Un poquito español. Yeah. So yeah, it, it yeah. was it was fun to to hear to not only hear that audio but to see Albert. Do what he's been doing all season long, and and continue to, you know, put him over the fence. What what do you make of that? What what have you seen, and and what have you seen from from his performances, and and what he was able to do this weekend? Oh my gosh! Well, first of all, this weekend, what a treat that it was. Just in general, I honestly went into that series against the Cubs thinking. This is kind of a little ho-hum. Look, I get the nostalgia of playing the Cubs, right? Because of the history there. Love seeing all those fans come in. But at the same time, you're like, all right, the Cubs... Not going into October, obviously. This is not going to be that exciting of a series. The Cardinals getting what they need to, they were able to get it done. They were able to sweep the series. But especially with that Albert Pujols performance, that was such a low-scoring, obviously, affair there. And then to have Albert Pujols, the way that he just walked up there, pinch-hitting for Lars Newtbar, it was the perfect situation. The fact that they even pitched to Albert Pujols is amazing. I mean, a 94-mile-per-hour fastball up and in and it was just perfect for Albert and of course I we're going to question it for the rest of the season why in the world the Cubs even pitched to him because he's one the lefty killer Pat Hughes a lefty that was on the mound in that situation and two he's the Cubs killer but at the end of the day we kind of have to be a little thankful to the Cubs the fact that they were able to do that and have that moment for Cardinals fans it was absolutely electric inside Bush Stadium I mean I was in the newsroom at that point and our whole newsroom just everybody stood up and cheered and was screaming that just shows you the 
impact that Albert Pujols has on people in this city. Wait, why wouldn't... Okay, Th- this debate this debate has gone on... I mean, it, 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 when Barry Bonds was, <laughs> was doing his thing, all oh, this, like, if... No. Do you want to be the pitcher that gives up the big fly to him? No. But you know what you also don't want to be? You also don't want to be the pitcher that's scared to pitch to him when to go around. You're you're a major league baseball player. You're the Chicago Cubs, right? You've got absolutely nothing going on for you whatsoever. I mean, you should be relegated. Okay? <laughs> you're the you're the Chicago Cubs. All right. You've got David Ross as your manager, who apparently was the second coming of everything because he worked on ESPN, right? And has done with the Cubs. All right. You absolutely have to pitch to Albert Pujols there. Well, what I mean, first off, okay, yes, he's hitting home runs, but there, there's a better chance that he is going to make an out in some way, shape, or form or get a hit. You, you got to pitch to him there. So I love the fact that they pitched to him. But what I do, see, to me, I had fun going around and just listening to the different calls. And I realize mm-hmm. I'm a radio guy in that sense. All right, but but to hear that call, like excellent call from Dan Mack. Awesome call and the energy from Paulo and, and, and Benji, yeah. right? And then and then we've got uh, we've got the other two. Okay, so here's here thanks to Cam West for this. Here's John Rooney's call of that home run. The one strike pitch, a swing, a long one, left center field. It's a goner for Pujols. Six ninety five, two nothing Cardinals in the eighth. Unbelievable. All right, so there's that one. But there's always the other team. Oh. There's always the other team. All right, so this is from the Chicago Cubs radio network. In the air, left field, and it's number 695. Wow. I don't know that he can hit it much better than that. It's number it's, it's, six. It's always, that is always, that's always fun to hear the opposing team's view of it. Because, oh, yeah. because we we live in we're we're so excited and there's so much you know so much going on on our side, but to hear the Cubs side of it in like oh, six ninety five. Again, here's, okay. the, here's the contrast. Just zero and a hundred. It's completely different, and I love it. I for one love it. I anything where the Cubs are in misery, oh, yeah. or or walking around sulking and not happy or depressed. I'm all for that. Sign me up every single day of the week. I, I hated when they actually won the World Series. So, you know, it's fun for me for Albert to hit, hit his last hit, last home run against the Cubs, you know, for six ninety five. That That's always fun. Look, if you're playing these teams that are at the bottom of the standings and all that other stuff, you got to pitch to them. All right. It, it's it's good for baseball. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Okay. Yes, you're trying to win some games and, 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 and those the aspects. But, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That, see, that's the other thing. The Cubs maybe didn't want to win that yeah, game. I maybe mean, not. higher draft picks, right? So, there you go. But having said that, the, the real interesting part, like for me, and, and the reason we asked Matthew to pull those, uh, those, those calls up, if you're John, if you're Dan, if you're one, if, if you're Paulo, if you're if you're one of these other bro, Ricky Horton, you know if if he'll have the call on the radio side, you know or 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 Claves, like you're prepare you're preparing for a moment, and how you like 
right now you're kind of warming up 695, maybe 696, 697. You get to 699. 699 is almost every bit as big as 700. Yeah. Because that's where, I mean, any one of these could be his last, right? Yeah. Which is, So we don't know what he's going to get. If he does get to 700, you're preparing for that moment. And, and as a broadcaster, you're thinking just, if it happens, just don't let me screw this up. <laughs> you know, so you're keeping it simple. But if you're like, what if you're the Cubs announcer and that was 700? Do you call it differently? I think you do. I mean, a little bit more excitement, yeah. right? Ah, crap, just it's 700. Like a, just a, <laughs> and there's 700. Because then do you want to be that person that's all over Twitter? Because, you know, they do that now. They clip oh, a yeah. lot of the broadcast oh. and be like, look. Listen to this, and this is how so and so called seven hundred, and there's seven hundred. It's, it's not likely, but there's a chance. There's a there's you know not in you know minute chance that you could be on the call for call for Ovechkin, you know breaking the big record too. So I mean, if that's against the Blues, dude, I can't wait. Like I actually, the, hope. It, saying, I have thought the, about that. If that's yes. against the Blues, you're not dumbing it down at all. That's no. that is history in the moment. You have the chance to call it. Yeah, it's a little different when it's six ninety five. It's a little different, you know, if it's going to be you know three or four goal, you know points off of, off the record. But I mean, if it's if it's the record, you you go all four. Like you said, you're already thinking about the fact that there is a there's a chance it could be. I, I've, uh, so, some folks have heard me tell this story, but I've never, I'll never forget listening to an interview with Jack Buck. After he called Mark McGuire's um, home run that tied Roger mm-hmm. Maris. And if you remember the call, he says, welcome to Planet Maris. He did an interview, and maybe it was just a comment that, that aired on, on KMOX afterwards, but but he did an interview where he basically said, hey, uh, uh, he goes, I scripted that. The first time in his life he had ever kind of scripted something. And he goes, I wish I hadn't have done it that way. So when the Blues were going on their run in 2019, that's sitting in the back of my head. Like, I mean, you've called a Stanley Cup championship tons of times in your head. Right. You've called goals. You've called, like, home runs to left field in your head as a broadcaster. And But just whatever comes out, comes out. I, I guarantee you that all these guys and, and the true pros that they all are, they're thinking about it now. What do you say? And then they're going to take that, and then they're going to go, but nope, get that out of your head, and somehow just find a way to be in the moment. And the one way you do that, like, that's what is is say less, and just get that moment out yeah. and, and make sure that you haven't stumbled over word. But it's a really cool thing that, just taking you all into the booth here for a minute, like, it's a really cool thing that that, that Dan and, and whoever's doing color on the Cardinal side in that game, uh, that, that, that Ricky and John and Claves, that Apollo and Benji, um, are all going through right now because, like, there's a chance that they could call this amazing piece of history, and it's an it's an awesome thing. But it is, it's exciting, and it's got some pressure to it. That's Chris Kerber. She's Brooke Grimsley. I'm Kerry Davis. And when we return, three things that we loved over the weekend on Character and Smallman. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Welcome back to the Character and Smallman Show. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley and Chris Kerber. And make sure you get that text into the Air Comfort text line at 657-780 or take it or leave it next segment. But right now, ladies, gents, we have three things that we loved about this weekend. Plenty of uh, options to choose from, so let's get started. Number three. Am I going to start us off? Yeah, you start. Oh, my gosh, the pressure. Okay, (laughs) luckily I wrote these down beforehand because I just had to think. One, it was a long weekend, obviously, because of the holiday weekend. My number three favorite moment, personally, I would say overall this could be number one, but just 
Serena Williams, her final time, possibly final tournament. I know that she said she's retiring. I still in my heart hope that maybe she'll come back in some way or form when it comes to tennis. But what an emotional game that that was. I mean, the fact that she fought all the way till the end and the ending there just saying pretty much goodbye to the fans and stuff. I literally teared up just because how much she's meant to tennis, how much she's meant to me as a tennis player growing up. It was like my childhood, everything. I mean, so grateful for her journey, her run, and the fact that she just never dimmed her light for anybody. Yes was just outstanding it was a it was hard but still just an emotional ending i love the fact that she said there would be no serena without venus how she often and always gives credit to her older sister and and the great thing that she did if you watch the movie king richard you see you know how that whole thing came together and how serena was the you know the catalyst for the entire thing to get started for serena to be who she became um and and venus not not a bad player in her own right so it was just it was exciting to see that and i I do think she has some uh, some more left in her. Normally, the great players of all time tend to, you know, fight off their retirement as long as they can and, and choose to come back at some point. I'm so that was my be a Tom Brady moment. Yeah, where yeah, she possibly. Just, like, Michael Jordan, Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah, yeah. We, I'm Although going back. I, I don't sense that one coming. Like that was a heck of a battle just for her to get to where she was at, and you could see you like yeah. you could physically see the battle. Um, it that, that was my number three as well, Brooke, but from a slightly different standpoint. Uh, because it became kind of must-watch over the weekend. Like, I kind of scheduled some things around so I could watch those matches, and I had not done that for a U.S. Open or a mm. tennis match in, in quite some time. But I did, and then, and then watched it with my girls. And the, the, the thing is, if you're if you're a girl dad, yeah. like you yeah. are, like I am, yeah. like those are things that, like, your girls latch onto, mm-hmm. and they talk about it, yep. and, and, and it's it was really cool. But to me, the moment was even... That, that I thought was just as great as just what Serena did. One, when she was interviewed and... Well, I'm going to go off on a tangent. I think one of the absolute worst questions I hate in sports right now is when somebody asks somebody, how did you manage to get through the moment? Think pro yeah, athlete. Pro. This is what they do, okay? Like, like the, you sound like you're psychoanalyzing, and in the end, it's just a really stupid question. And that's when, but Serena gave the great answer of, "Well, I'm Serena, right? Yeah. Okay, well, that's now it should go. be on every billboard." But at the end, of, at the end of the match, I was watching, and the the sportsmanship, the class, and the interview that Tamjanovic did afterwards. So even after all, Serena does the interview, she leaves the court, and here's the winner of the match waiting for it. The way she talked about Serena, uh, what she meant to the sport, in her shining moment to have won that next round, she focused it on Serena. Like, it was such amazing class that it it stood out to me, and I'm like, I'm so glad that this still exists in sports. Number two. Number two for me, I'm going back to Cardinals and stuff, just because this weekend, if you guys weren't able to get over Bush Stadium or if you had the pleasure of being at Bush Stadium, it was truly just such a magical and fun weekend. On Saturday, my number two moment is the fact that you had one final start against the Cubs for that amazing legendary trio of Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, and Adam Wainwright. And just also, too, for the fact that Yadi and Wayno, their moment, even though, as I mentioned earlier in our show, wasn't the best 
outing for Wayno, but still that moment that Bally Sports Midwest was able to capture where Ollie went over yeah. to Wainwright and was like, okay, you're done. Wayno wanted to come out and at least try to get one more inning in, but then all of a sudden Yachty comes over and you could <laughs> you could you could actually see Wayno say, Did you tell him to take me out? Did you tell him to take me out? And they're and they're joking with each other. You know, it's so much fun. And then afterwards the two kind of like poking fun at each other. I don't want those moments to end. I know it's the final ride for Yachty. I think Wayno still has a lot left in the tank, but what a fun weekend that was just with Yachty and Wayno. They're like an old married couple, yeah. best friends, brothers, all that. It was so much fun to see. That's that's the best part of sports is people think, you know, playing in the games and, and you know, hitting home runs or scoring touchdowns. The best part of being a professional athlete is though are those relationships that you have with your teammates. And when you're able to play with a specific teammate for five, ten years, and you really form that bond with one another, you can tell that that those guys are more brothers than teammates, more family than friends, and it's it just makes the relationship, and it makes winning that much more special because you're doing it with somebody you love and you care about, and it makes it fun, and those, seeing, be, being able to see those moments, I don't think you know, five years ago, we would have we would have been able to be, you know, into that moment. We, would, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have been privy to that. We wouldn't have known what was going on, they would have kept that in-house that even though it was fun and it was a, a, a fun nature they would have kept that to themselves but being that, that it's kind of the last run for for all three of them together you get to see those moments so that was my number two as well it, it was pool host hitting the home run but I, I i agree with you the entire weekend was just amazing versus the cubs all right so i'm going to switch off on the number two uh that netflix series drive to survive mm-hmm. on formula one i started oh, watching it a little while yeah. back and it's kind of made me like I now I watched now, the Dutch Grand Prix this over now, weekend. It that's was awesome. that's where I was really? going. And so the Dutch driver, Max Verstappen, wins the Dutch Grand Prix, second year in a row that he did it. He's dominating for the Red Bull team. And the fact that I even know as much as I'm kind of learning and reading about it right now uh, is kind of blowing my mind here. So but like I never I didn't think I'd get into it. But now I'm actually I'm watching these races and the access, the way the the broadcast of it, like it is fantastic. But my daughter has a friend when my, my daughter met this girl from the Netherlands and uh, they become best of friends. So we've been FaceTiming back and forth and getting to know her parents a little bit. So I started texting Peter on the weekend. <laughs> I said, I said, hey, we're like Zandvoort. Where is that close to you? And and he so he texts me back. He goes, do you have time to talk? So, so through the WhatsApp, we're video conferencing. Yeah. And I'm sitting here talking to this guy about the, and he goes, where he lives was only about 25 kilometers from the from the track and he said it's enough that sometimes when the wind blows you can smell the oil wow like like that that far and and it was so to talk to him about this Dutch Grand Prix, and then I asked about Verstappen, and he t- about like apparently Verstappen's mom was a, was a go was a cart driver herself, and that it was a pretty cool moment. And I walk, I'm like, I just Facetimed with a guy from the Netherlands <laughs> to talk about a car race, and I'm like, what weird, you know, time warp am I living in That's right amazing. now? But I had a blast with it. Number one, number one for me by far. This weekend, and we're going to talk about it, I feel like, all day. We've already talked about it this morning. That Albert Pujols pinch hit 
two-run bomb was everything. The way that he walked up to the mound and, I mean, not to the mound, I'm sorry, to the plate, and just that his presence. I mean, the crowd was just waiting for 695. He delivered. I mean, it was such a beautiful moment, the way that he was rounding the bases, too. And afterwards, just talking about how the fans have powered him to this point. Because, I mean, remember... After this, you know, going to the All-Star break, he went to that home run derby. I felt like, you know, he definitely took things to another level. It's like we got a little bit of that old Albert back. And ever since the All-Star break, he's just turned it on. And how much fun was that? Seeing the crowd erupt. I saw two people leaving Bush Stadium and taking fan, uh, taking photos at outside of the stadium. And you hear Danny Mac say over and over again, bring your your family your kids your grandkids out to the game to see if you look at the photos of it or the video seeing Albert yeah. Pujols smiling looking in taking in the fans and seeing all the different ages celebrating is such a beautiful moment and the fact that Albert Pujols has been able to deliver that for so many different generations of baseball fans Cardinals fans is super special that was by far my favorite part of the weekend you got to see fathers mothers holding their younger children up so they could see you know over the the people that were standing in front of them I thought that was amazing just the entire you know just the thought of it of of what's taking place and and how how cool this moment is to really be a part of it, to be able to see it. Uh, for me, my number one is college football. It was it's a, it was a, an amazing weekend. Some some awesome games. Uh, North Carolina, Appalachian State. That they, they went down to the wire, had a return kick, and you know North Appalachian State had a chance to score and get a two point conversion. And then you get the Florida State and LSU game where Florida State fumbles on the goal line going in to win the game to to seal the game. <laughs> they give the ball to LSU. LSU somehow puts together a drive to go 90-plus yards, scores the touchdown, and then only to miss the extra point to lose the game by one point. Yeah, I mean, for me... Uh, I'm I'm more of an NFL guy. I love the NFL more than, than college, but just being able to watch those college games uh, because really anything can happen and take place in those games. So for me, that was an awesome, awesome start to the college season. I know it started last week, but in week zero, which is also weird to me. That's, but <laughs> like that's creating something that doesn't exist. It's the strangest thing. You can't thing. get something from but, nothing. But week one, uh, as they have it on the books, was amazing. Did you see Paul Feinbaum? Well, here, Paul Feinbaum on on uh, he he was lighting up Paul Kelly, saying like it's in the NFL, like you go for the dagger, should have gone for two. Ah, uh, nah, I, I think you you took so much. It took so much to get down there. Uh, they finally put together a drive, and you know they had been struggling offensively to to really get things moving. Their quarterback was able to run more than he was able to pass at times. Um, but I think you kicked their point. I think that's the right call. You just got to execute. They didn't execute, and, and they lost the game because of it. My number one thing on the weekend was cooking up some ribs on the old Weber kettle and okay. having some neighbors at the house. That is awesome. You that didn't is, bring us any ribs. He, he didn't think of us. There, wow. he, 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 Listen, there was nothing had, left, had, folks. Oh, you ate it all? Hey, but no, well, all okay, all wait, did you gone? see? I'll show you during the break. I'll show you during the break the video of my ultimate coleslaw recipe. Okay. It's on my social it's on my Twitter feed folks if anybody wants to see it. Well, I don't like I don't want the recipe curves. I want to, I want food in in front of me. I don't care uh, about recipes. Recipes is, mean I have to make it. If you bring the food, that means it's already made gotta, and I can eat it. You got to see this recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I want Nothing, I want, there was there was listen, my one of my daughters goes had a chance to go out with some other cousins 
and things, right? You know, my two aunts were taking all the girl cousins out, and, and she goes, no, I'm going to stay home. Dad's cooking ribs. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, teaching her, bringing her up right. She That's understands right. how yep. it goes. Teach her how to grill them. Make sure you leave a text at the Air Comfort Service text line at 65780. For the next segment on Take It or Leave It, this is Carriker and Smallman. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. Welcome back to the Carriker and Smallman Show. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Chris Kerber and Brooke Grimsley. Uh, we got to take it or leave it. And and we're on the text line. Got a few things uh, coming through. The first one we have is, it says, oh, I lost it. What? Take it or leave it. I'm going to a game next Wednesday and Thursday. Leave take it. it or leave it, it. That oh, he almost yet. hit 700 in one of those games. I got to leave that. I don't. This, I'm this one's coming that. right down to the wire, don't you think? I think so. It's going to come down to the... I believe so. I think. I okay, think. But the it, question is more this: how many how many games do they have left? That is the that is the the, the first question. How far ahead are they in the NL Central? At what point can he start every single day and get the most number of at bats yep. to maximize his potential to hit to get to, to seven hundred? Let me tweak that one for you. <laughs> well, take it or leave it. Uh, he get hey, wait take it. Uh, see, I like how you do this. We're learning this game, aren't we? Take it or leave it. Every one of his remaining home runs this year will be against a lefty. I'm gonna leave that. So he's got he needs, he's got he needs, one, he's got, he needs, he needs something against the righty in there. It, it will be. Yeah. It, yeah. And 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 he'll like I said, the the closer they get to to you know finishing off this division where he can play more, he's gonna have some some at bats against right handed pitching. So I'm gonna say yes. Uh. I'm going to say possibly take it. I mean, especially if he's going to be pinch hitting. And he said this weekend that he's comfortable with whatever position that he is, whether he's DHing or pinch hitting. I think it's more about the fact that he's able to really take advantage of these big moments. I know that yesterday there could have been a chance of him also having another big moment. Look, he's human. He's not going He's not going to do it at every at-bat. But still, the fact that he is able to come in clutch and have that experience, I think, helps a lot as well. So maybe I'll maybe I'll take it. I As for when the 700 is going to happen, I think it's going to take a little bit. I'm with Curbs that it's, it might be like right down to the end. Yeah, where yeah where are the Cardinals where are the Cardinals playing around like September 30th? That's that's where you got to start you know game gaming your ticket buying. No, that's I'm why looking at that's that why pirates. it's standing room. Yeah, that's why it's standing room only apparently in Pittsburgh already because people are saying it's going to take the you know pretty much to the last bits of the season just because listen. Even five home runs for a 42-year-old yeah. in a month is a lot to ask for. That's a lot. And, and that's why I just I, I don't think it's going to happen until the very end. Listen, I'm going to take it because soft toss and righties. Soft toss and righties, you still put them out there against that, especially in, you know, there could be a situation where it's, you know, 13 to 3 in the sixth and you bring them off the bench, you know, to pinch it, even if it is against a righty. I'm taking it. We'll, we'll get to some other ones here on the text line. 636, take it or leave it. Kirk Cousins is the MVP of the NFL this season. Carrie, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> he, that person must be a Minnesota Vikings fan. I, I'm going to leave that. <laughs> that, there's, that is the only explanation for believing that Kirk, I mean, you know, he does have Justin 
Jefferson. He does have Thielen and Dalvin Cook, but there is no way that Kirk Cousins is going to win the MVP. Win the MVP. I'm leaving it. No way. Absolutely not. Not happening. There's no. It's not it's possible, not, right? It, I mean, it's possible. It's not possible. Anything is possible. possible. Kevin, Kevin saying, Garnett told us that. It's not, but no, not yeah. that. No. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Right now, Jordan Montgomery is still your number three in the rotation over Jack Flaherty. Ooh. Wait, say I, that one again? Take it or leave it. Jordan Montgomery is your number three in the rotation over Jack Flaherty. Oh, I'm absolutely taking that. Right now? You're t- you're, absolutely. You're, even, even after... Right now, yes. you're, you're saying in this moment, yes. not not going right now, forward. Right now. right now, yes, I'll take that. I'm I'm taking that. Are we are uh, we projecting this for the future though? Because if we're saying, oh, you mean come, like next year? No, 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 no. no. I mean like this year October. in the postseason. I'm still taking it right now. You t- in October, you're taking it as well. Yeah, I there's look, you you have not seen anywhere near enough of Jack Flaherty to sit put the, that third game is such a critical game. It is such a critical game that absolutely right now, I'm not, I, Jack Flaherty's got to really show some sauce over this final month before I put him over Quintana or, or, uh, or, either. Uh, or, or Montgomery. Not just Montgomery, either or. Because I know what I'm getting. I'm, I know I'm pretty much what I'm getting right now from those other two guys. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because even at that point, and I, and I said this during one of the breaks, most baseball teams, you almost don't need the fifth starter. Especially in the early rounds of the division series, okay. So if Jack Flaherty becomes a threat, or maybe, maybe Quintana, maybe maybe Montgomery, maybe Wainwright or Michaelis stumbles in a first or second inning, and Jack Flaherty then is a guy that is I'm not and I'm not relegating him to the bullpen by any right. means. Oh my God, no! I say, listen, in the <laughs> early <laughs> rounds. Oh man, you right? Are you right now going to take Jack Flaherty over any one of those other four guys over at the Jose moment? Quintana? Because yes. you mentioned Jose with, Quintana, with right? With what you saw, with what you, in just one game, you're saying that? Yeah, one game, wow. 100%. Well, you got faith. That's good. I have a lot of faith in Jack Flaherty. Look, as of right now, Jordan Mac- Montgomery stuff is absolutely nasty. So I'm all in on him in general. But I'm for the future of the starting rotation, Jack Flaher- Flaherty is a huge part of that. A huge yeah, yeah, part yeah. Of that. But this is now. This is win a World Series now. I'm not talking next year. Hmm. Talking right now. Hey, Miles My- Michaelis just had a really solid start. Can't forget about where he needs to be, especially if they're starting at home in the wild card. I, that's my, my my problem with that text is that I would take it, but I would change the question, which is right now I would say it's as of today. Wayne yes. is your one. Yeah. Montgomery's your two, and I think question is is Jack Flaherty your number three over Miles Michaelis already? Mm. No, that's, you, that's you, gonna move, be a big you move Montgomery up to number two. I move Montgomery up to he's, right. he's the best he's starter really in baseball good. since the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, just by every by almost every metric, he's the he's best won, starter in baseball. He's won every start ever since since coming over yeah. to the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah, he's an absolute monster. Look, a few weeks from now, I might change my stance on once I've seen a few more starts. But okay. off of one start from no, I got no. Okay, that's fair. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals' ace for next season is not currently on the roster. Oh, uh, okay. I'm leaving that. I'll leave it. I'm leaving that. I'll leave it. Because as of right now, in my mind, it's still Wano. And you think he's back? I have no idea. I'm hoping, but <laughs> but like I, I mean, I I put something out on Twitter a year and a half ago that said Adam Wainwright is the ace of the staff. This is when Flaherty was hurt, and everybody was like, I was just getting blasted. And and to this day, that tweet still lives loud and true. He's still the ace of your staff. Like if you're going, you need to win one game. You you got a winner take all one game wild card game. You got to win it. Who are you going with? 
Bueno. So, but between b- between him, Montgomery, Flaherty, someone, the ace of the staff is currently on the roster. I see that too. I mean, especially to, I don't really see the Cardinals going out and getting and spending a bunch of money on somebody. So I, I think, you know, I'm going to leave that one. I think it's going to be somebody currently on the staff still. Here you go, Curbs. Take it or leave it. The Blues should have signed Phil Kessel. No, I leave that. I leave that. Did you see the video, uh, or somebody put out a meme that said the Arizona Coyotes have signed Phil Kessel, and it was uh, it was Zach Gal- Ga- Ga- Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Right? <laughs> it was it was him without his shirt on. I mean, it was fantastic. But no, I'm I'm leaving it. Not exactly. I'm gonna leave that one too. Not exactly the 200 foot guy that uh, that Bruby likes on his team necessarily. No, nah. no, no. Listen, no, you gotta leave it. Take it or leave it. Pools has another multi-homer game before the end of the year. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. one. I'm going to take it. That's a great one. That's a really good one. I will take it. it. I will take it. All right, here's one. I almost think that if he gets to 700 at this point, he almost has to. I was just about to say that one. I'll just give a banner one here to close out the segment. Take it or leave it. He's going to have just a little little bit, I guess, now under a month to do it. Five home runs for a 42-year-old player. Does Albert Pujols, Albert Pujols gets to 700 exactly, take it or leave it? Well, oh. Wait a minute. You mean so he can't get to 701? No, I'm just going to. I'm, 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 I'm good right with 700. Take it or All leave right, it. Sure, I'll there. take it. I'll take it. I, I, so, so I've been. Don't this be has been. I, I, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. You be who you need to be. I'm going to be me. I can't be anyone else. So here's my thing. If he's at 699, do we get, you know, Brett Favre kind of laid down for Michael Strahan to get the sack to, yeah. to to get the record. Do we get to a point where, you know, we know what's coming and 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 somebody because You better not intentionally walk him if he's sitting no, on 699. You cannot do that. Even even the, I mean, okay. none of the teams coming down the stretch are are I think are gonna be in, in consideration for the playoffs. But does he get to a point where somebody just grooves one up there for him? No. No? They're, they're still going to at least challenge him, kind of like the Cubs did this weekend. Because at the end of the day, yeah, would you rather... Because that's I'm sure that's exactly what happened this weekend. It's like, okay, we're going to challenge him. Either we lose this or we don't. You know, at least you're trying. And I think that's how the teams are going to approach it. I think everybody's looking at the end schedule right here. You have lots of Pirates to close out the end of the season. You have the Pirates coming in town, and then you have the Cardinals ending the regular season out in Pittsburgh. I'm just like, that's my that's what I keep circling right there, is that around that point is when we're going to be really, really close to that 700 will you, mark. Will you be traveling if they... Uh... If he if he's at six ninety eight and they're going into that final series, will will you be traveling? Like, will the new local stations send somebody up? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I hope. I hope, we, yeah, I hope, I hope we do. Why, why, can we? Can we go? Yeah, can, no? we go? <laughs> can we all, <laughs> can we all go and and watch and be a part of history? I think that but would be amazing. If you're going to keep up with Brooke, you're going to have to start drinking some energy drinks and eat Celsius. protein bars. Oh, yeah. Protein oh, what's bars, that? Celsius. Getting a rash with the health food in here. <laughs> <laughs> See, Carrie, I think week three of the opening drive, no need, no reason we don't go on location why in not? a different city. Don't I don't right. see why Sounds not. like a plan. If you're listening, right. let's, let's make it happen. When we come back, let's talk about Jack Flaherty and what his his performance meant. Does it mean that the Cardinals are World Series contenders? Can that can he help them do that? We'll talk about it next on Carrie and Smallman. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Carriker and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnucks. Download the Schnucks Rewards app today. Well, I think a couple things on this. One is he's shown he's healthy, which is you know, most important. Uh, secondly, he's shown he can throw a lot of pitches in a game now. So, you know, when you can check both those boxes, there's that, that reason of, okay, now we can take that next step. So, you know, I think we all sort of gravitate to the second half of 2019 and be like, oh, that's what we want. That's what we want to see, of course. But I think we should just sort of manage expectations a little bit and you know i think for him to be successful it's about managing his pitch count being able to have you know minimal stress innings and and by defining that as you know 25 pitches or less allow him to to get deeper in a game so perfect world tomorrow we put up some runs early he just you know collects his outs um he's not chasing strikeouts he's just chasing strikes and uh trusts his defense and if we see that i think that'd be a great first step on him coming back that was John Mazalock talking about Jack Flaherty and what he's been doing and, and how him being healthy and what that allows him to do and, and allow these Cardinals to do. What what were you able to see from him uh, in his first start yesterday, and, and what do you expect to see from him going forward? <laughs> well, first of all, look, on the text line, I have been paying attention to people saying, it's one game, guys. Look, I get it. It is just one start for Jack Flaherty. It's the one game we've been waiting on, it's though, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's the one game that we've been waiting for, because here's the thing, and I've said this before, I said it last week, whether you... I feel like when it comes to Jack Flaherty, a lot of people can't take some of his, you know, off the field political stuff out of their thought process with him. Just really? look, look, you think? <laughs> yeah, I think if you look at if you look at from people. a personal standpoint, why would you not want to root for Jack Flaherty? Because either way, say that he does get traded, you want the most trade value for him. Right. So either way, you want him to do really, really well this season. And he came off the injured list. The issue was the dead arm. Right. And so you're seeing him at least get better than what he was. He also had a season high six strikeouts, which I know we haven't seen him much this season anyways. But you need a lot of that swing and miss stuff in your pitching rotation right now for the Cardinals. That's what they're wanting to see. They've said that over and over again. I think this is a great first step. And that's just how you take the start, right? There's a course we could see. I know that everybody's been burned by the injuries and whether or not he's going to continue to do well or anything like that. I get that. But still, this is a great first step for Jack Flaherty and the Cardinals, especially as they go into October. It's an excellent first step. They got him back on the mound. That's important. That's great. I agree with the textures. <laughs> it's one game. And there's a lot to be worked through. The good news is, is he's going to have a chance to kind of get some success. And that that old important thing in sports, success reinforcement, is is really important. The fact that the Cardinals' schedule is not a brutal one and you're not going through the juggernaut of top teams in the National League, or the American League for that matter, uh, to me, I, I, I like the way that this could trend for him but i i am i guess i'm with the texas more like i'm i'm in such i told you guys earlier i'm in such a wait and see mode on this one i'm, I'm just okay let's wait and see if he can stay healthy 
Like that's the only thing I hope for him right now is he has some success and stays healthy the rest of this year. That's most important. That would be a pretty that, good success. That is, that is well, yeah. That's the most important thing is is being healthy and being able to get out there uh, every fifth day when your opportunity arises. And you know, I, I think when he is healthy, we've seen what he can do, how capable right. he is, what you know his his stuff is is some of the best in in the league. So I think keep him healthy. I think they did a good job this time of allowing him to stay, you know, in his rehab and not come back too soon and, and make sure he was completely healthy, not on his terms, but on on their terms and where they thought he should be uh, when they thought he should be there. So I'm looking forward to seeing him and these Cardinals continue to roll uh, for the rest of the season. When we come back, make sure you before we come back, make sure you get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line at 65780 or drop a mic drop on the 101 ESPN app. When we come back, we'll have Joe Vitale, the Blues Radio Color Commentator, uh, joining us, Curb's partner. We'll we'll have him when we return we'll on Character and Smallman. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, welcome back into the show, formerly known as Carriker and Smallman. Uh, coming up next week, <laughs> it's going to be known as the Opening Drive, uh, hosted by Randy Carriker and Kerry Davis. Now, hey, first off, congratulations, Thank man. You. That's that's awesome. You. So you, you, you now has getting up early in the morning, but something simple for you. I'm a, I'm I'm one of those people that when I get up I'm up so okay. it, it's not a you know I could have two hours of sleep now I'll crash later but if I'm up I'm up so it's okay. not a it's not a big thing gotcha yeah, well the, the opening I drive, drink coffee yeah, yeah. you drink coffee <laughs> ah. okay I, this is where we'll start with Joe he'll 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 back me up on this so but uh, the opening drive starts next week. Um, this week, it's going to be myself, Chris Kerber, with Kerry Davis, Brooke Grimsley, sitting in with you. We might call it just a pit stop because, uh, you know, well, Smallman's in New York and Randy's on vacation, and we're going to do what we can to absolutely destroy things <laughs> while, while they're there. Let's bring in my partner on the broadcast side here on 101 ESPN, Joe Vitale. And Joe, how are you? Hey, good boys, good. And, and girls, excuse me, Brooke, good to hear, <laughs> hear from you as well. Doing good. You guys are sounding great. Doing well. Joe, I was telling these guys earlier, as you know, that I, I don't drink caffeine. Um, I, it's all natural energy, and apparently Brooks drinking some energy drink that says essential, or what is it, essential energy? Essential energy. I don't know what the difference between essential it's energy and... energy, it's essential. It's essential. Right, yeah. you, you've seen me a couple times, like if it gets cold in those buildings, there's no tea around, I, I, I try to grab a decaf coffee, and every now and then someone cheats and puts the caffeinated stuff in there. It gets a little hyped up in the booth that I'm on caffeine, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, it's it's enough. It's enough when you're uh, just drinking straight water. I think maybe when I got you a coffee one time, I accidentally may have gotten you a caffeinated instead of decaf. And let's just say that uh, red was white, white was red, Sonny was Petro, and I think Bennington was the coach. Uh, you were a little bit all over the place. But we, you know what? You may have been on caffeine when Nathan Walker scored that goal. Do you remember this? Your greatest call of all time. Where I mean, if, if oh. you got to find it in the archives somewhere, <laughs> yeah, guys, I swear. At one point, he just said, "Ah, oh, heck with it, Joe. You take it." I mean, he he couldn't get a jersey number right. He couldn't get a name right. He called Nathan I got Walker. the guy's name right. I got the team wrong. I got everything. Uh, like it was brutal. I think you, I think you called him Walker, Texas Ranger. Puts it in yep. the back of the net. You know what I mean? It, it was that bad, and uh, that may have been one of those caffeinated caffeinated game curves. Well, Joey. It's always great hearing from you. How's everything going over? Are you over at Centene? Is that what you said? Uh, so I'm, I'm home now. I'm heading to Centene here in about 30 or 45 minutes. I've been running the, the blues and some pro guys through skates here every day. Um, 
you know, because the team coaches can't be on the ice uh, before the season. It's, you know, PA rule, obviously. So they kind of have some scrub who's on the radio like me jump out every now and then, and uh, I can blow the whistle. And when I don't like their effort, I can line them up on the red line and skate them. No, no, I don't do that. But, you know, it's been, it's been really fun to, to see Pat Maroon and Chris Wyman and the Kachucks are out there, and then, of course, a bunch of the Blues players. Uh, Vladdy looks great. Robert Thomas is skating on a whole nother level right now. But, uh, no, it's, I'm home now. I'll be a sent team here um, in a little bit, though, Brooke. Wait, just a quick question. You said the Kachucks are there. Are you at least, like, chirping Matthew Kachuk a little bit for not picking the Blues? I know, obviously, that contract. <laughs> well, you it wasn't pass him. Up. I know, but he still. He did not pick the Blues. <laughs> there was a yeah. little bit. The general manager picked yeah, that. I tell you, <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, you know, um, you know, I, I'm I'm really happy for both the Kachuk boys and uh, where they settled. I would love, 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 love to see him be a blue. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't happen this year. But um, you know, I know that some people always are talking about Matthew Chuck uh, and Brady. To me, you know, watching him close. I mean, the guy, the way he uses his body and how fast he is. I mean, they're, they're both such special players. Uh, but I've always been like, man, Matthew, Matthew's the guy. And now I'm starting to kind of turn a little bit. I mean, what Brady's been doing, I know it's summer hockey, but the way he moves his body, the way he boxes out, he is he is going to be a threat for a very, very long time in this league. I can promise you that. Joey, that, that leads me to my next question. Is, is, is What are the things that you – what else do you see up close that you may not be able to see from the booth with these players? It's, it's, it's a great question, and it's given me really good perspective on, on a couple things. And just one off the top of my head, uh, Robert Thomas's ability to stop on a dime and go the other way, uh, it, it, it truly is marvelous. I mean, I can't think of a better word. He, he can go about 80% of speeds going to the left, and all of a sudden he literally stops. You hear about stopping on a dime. He literally stops on that nickel, and he is gone the other way in such a hurry where I'm talking some good defense. Like Col- He's losing Colton Pareko. I mean, Petro was out last week, and, and, you know, Petro was kind of giving it, you know, 80-85%, but there was one time he just made a cutback on Petro, and Petro was going one way and Thomas was going the other way. Um, listen, you see the eight-year eight contract that we've invested in Robert Thomas, um, and that's, that's why. I mean, he's gotten better every year. He's getting more mature. He looks even more confident out there. He looks like he's in great shape, uh, and he's moving very well. This is going to be – this is going to be, in my mind, the next Blues captain, I think. Uh, whether that's after O'Reilly, you know, it, maybe another couple of years we get O'Reilly. But I think from there, I think this is uh, the piece that Doug Armstrong continues to build his team around. Now, Joey, we're going to have Robert Thomas on, Randy and I, once a week. What is the one thing or things that I can ask him to, to get him going and, and, and get him kind of riled up a little bit? Yeah, I tell you what, he's a, he's a pretty locked-in kid, you know I mean? Uh, <laughs> You know, he he's obviously grew up and, and got groomed through the Kachucks there, and he's been around those guys. So he's just a pro's pro, right? I mean, he he's not a younger kid where he's super into video games and kind of goofy young kid games. He really is, you know, um, mature mature beyond his behind his years. Uh, one thing one thing he he wants me to get back to doing is doing more interviews. I had this Cup of Joe segment I did in my first year. And it was so funny, you know, he's a superstitious guy, right? So I was doing a Cup of Joe interview with him before a game, and he, he went out and got a goal. And, and usually those Cup of Joe interviews I did, you know, I say, hey, Bozak, can I get an interview? And they're like, oh, come on, all right. You know, like I kind of have to bug the guys for it. But he did so well in that game, uh, he would he come up to me the next game. He's like, hey, can we do a Cup of Joe again? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. This, this makes my job a lot. Let's do it. And then he get another couple assists. And, and sure enough, it was like five, six games in a row. And I think I think our producers like, hey, you know, let's try to mix it up a little bit. We've had Robert Thomas on the last five games in a row. But sure enough, he kept coming up to me. So 
every now and then he'll, he'll say, hey, we do any more Cup of Joes this year? I got to get going again. So, um, but no, he's just a fun-loving kid. He's a wonderful, wonderful piece of this team. I uh, can't say enough good things about him. You're going to love talking to him this year. Uh, very well-spoken um, and very he articulates very well. He, think, he thinks before he talks, and he's very, very, very sharp for such a young kid. Joe, one of the things that I think that is exciting me a little bit right now is the fact that somebody like, um, like a Jake Neighbors already in town and been in town and we're so working out with with teammates and 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 taking every bit of advantage he can there but the other guy that's kind of right there along with him is Scott Perunovich and you know he came in as a obviously a Hobie a Hobie Baker winner his coach we were on the air right after the Blues signed him and, and his coach said look you, you aren't going to find him more loyal I mean that's one of his his characteristics uh his work ethic is all real good but he has been plagued with injuries really since he got to this level and so he is in town as well I saw him out at Colton Pareko's golf tournament we were talking he says he feels great he's just hoping to get out there and show what he can do the Blues put him in the lineup in the playoffs primarily when they needed the 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 power play specialist in that series but from an injury standpoint tell everybody kind of what he dealt with because you you dealt with something the exact same thing and but I don't think you've had surgery yet so every now and then you'll still feel it but as a hockey player it's next to impossible to to, to play you know on a regular basis feeling the way he was feeling with that wrist yeah, I tell you what, it's a really weird thing. It curves. I remember when we saw him up in New York. We we had that we had that hiatus in New York this past year. We were up there for like six days in the same in the same hotel. Uh, which again, I'm not going to complain. Of all the cities, it wasn't it wasn't a bad city to be a part of. But it was then when we saw him coming out of the elevator, and this was at the time when he was down in the minors and dealing with an injury, right? And he gets off the elevator and he said he's in New York to see a specialist, and we were kind of talking about his injury and. Um, you know, without getting too too uh, medically technical uh, on you guys, because I'm sure I probably say it wrong anyway. Uh, but you know, along the wrist, there's like this, there's like this this nerve, right? There's like this um, this ligament that can slip in and out of its groove, and essentially, um, that's that's what he that's what he was dealing with. And it sounds kind of harmless, and it's something you can technically play through at times. But the problem becomes when that ligament slips out, and it kind of goes against all those nerves. Or believe it or not, I mean your your whole your whole arm just can kind of go numb. And I remember at times when I had the same thing, my pinky ring and, and middle finger, I, I it was immobile. I couldn't even I couldn't even move them. I couldn't feel them. And every now and then, um, it would just shake back in place. So that's something that you know, as a as a defenseman, as a power play specialist, as you mentioned, or any hockey player, anyone trying to function on on, a, on the ice at a very high level, it, it's an issue. So it's one of those weird things where a lot of players can still play through it. There's different degrees. But he eventually uh, went into surgery and got it corrected. Uh, it's something I've never gotten corrected. I wish I did in hindsight because it's still something that bothers me today. So it was a bit of a setback for him. Remember, he, he dealt with a shoulder injury early in his career as well. So here's a young kid. You mentioned Hobie Baker coming out of college, um, highly talented, um, a lot of a lot of scouts, a lot of people, expectations are high on this kid, and boom, goes down with the shoulder, and then boom, goes down with the wrist. Back-to-back surgeries, right, dealing with a lot of hiccups early in his career, and he's probably getting really, really frustrated. Now the Blues throw him in there, and you're right, they throw him right in there in the playoffs. For a young kid who's just been dealing with all these injuries, and, man, I thought he really shined. I thought he did everything that was expected of him. I thought he did great on the power play. I thought he was exceptional five-on-five. And now looking at this season, that, that to me – is going to do wonders for his confidence heading into now training camp. He's already been on the big, the big stage, the big show, playing against the Avalanche, the whole nine yards, right? So now it's about just stepping in there, 
and playing with that confidence. He's healthy. He looks very, very sharp right now. And you look at him too, you know, Curbs and, and Kerry and Brooke, it's one of those things where he's in a great spot. He's in a great spot because um, look, look at the top four D we have with Nick Letty, Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, and Tory Krug. I mean, that is a solid top four. So not, not going to be too much expected of him right out of the gate. I mean, he can kind of slide in there, and, and he can develop as that fifth, sixth guy. You know, I think for a player like him, sometimes you see young defensemen, they, they, they're on bad teams or teams that are rebuilding, and all of a sudden uh, they have to learn, learn in a hurry, right? They have to drink through a, through a fire hydrant and be the number one, number two guy, and that's, that's hard for development sometimes. But I think he's in a good spot. Come in, be that fifth guy right on that left side, underneath Krug and underneath Letty, and then just continue to groom, continue to look around and see the veterans around you and how they prepare every single day, and just be and be that defenseman. And eventually, slowly but surely, this is going to be another piece that is going to be really important for the Blues down the, down the road. Now, now, Joey, I have had that injury with my wrist from blocking, and I say that to, to say this. Curbs has told me he's going to teach me how to ice skate, so I'm going to need someone on the other side in case I fall so that I don't hurt my wrist or ankle again. <laughs> I, I so said I, I'm I'll find him somebody uh, to No, teach him. I, I just recruited you two. You, you two are my two. You guys got me, right? Well, Joe, yeah, listen, you don't want me teaching you to ice skate. Joe, yes, you can teach him. Well, I need somebody on the other side of me that's, okay. that's I can, get, I, can I'm catch I'm an excellent me. pylon. I can there catch you. Go. you. All right. Yeah. Then we good. We good. <laughs> well, we're gonna paint Curbs' body orange with a couple yeah. white white t- pieces of tape around. There you go. Be the pilot for us to go around. <laughs> that sounds uh, like a deal. Joe, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Good luck out there. We'll catch up with you here in just a little bit. Hey, sounds great. You three have, have a great morning, and uh, good luck with the rest of the show, and good luck this week. And uh, we'll be we'll be listening in. All right. So when we come back here in a moment on the show, formerly known as Character and Smallman. Kind of like we should, you should, we should, this week we should just have a symbol. Like, <laughs> like Prince. Prince. That's exactly right. right. I love it. should just have a symbol for this week. Right? Uh, all right. So when we come back, we've got the fight. Yes, the fight's still going to happen. Matthew, we need some contestants, right? Or do you we got, got one? Of, we got a lot of text in there, so I'm going to be picking one here. In all the right. Break. So we got, so we'll get a hold of whoever's coming in. I'm going to leave, so I'm the guinea pig this week. I think I'm batting about 500 on. It's on the bad. fights, it wasn't too bad. bad. I think I won two in a row, and I filled it's in not, once it's for not Randy. Randy. No, Clearly. Michelle goaded me into being the, the, the <laughs> guinea pig every time. All right, we'll take a break. Come back in a moment. The fight's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to Carricker and Smallman. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And Chris Kerber is outside doing something, not in, preparing for the fight. I think he's, he's just gonna, hanging out. He's just hanging out. Uh, who's our fighter today, Matt? We got Steve. Steve has uh, been brave enough to step into the uh, the modified lines, then, if you will. No Randy Carricker, but here's the thing. You don't get Randy Carricker, but we're also a little bit lighter on the fighters. So no Randy Carricker, but also the fighters today, everybody gets the options. There so no go. right off the top of the head. So it's a little bit easier in a way, a little bit harder in another way. Oh, well. But Steve decided to step up, and we appreciate that Steve, from Steve. Steve, thank you for joining us. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you, Karen Brooke? Doing great. Good. You, how, how are you feel? You 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 liking your chances? Randy not being in is it's got to be a little bit easier, I think. 
I mean, I fought Randy once. It was three to two. So we'll see how we go. Uh, we, we'll see how we do against Kerber. Three to two, your way or his way? His way. Ah, okay. Uh, well, uh, this might be a little bit better. We, we'll see how it goes. I mean, just like everyone else. <laughs> there you go. You ready to go? Yep. All right, here we go. What was the first singles Grand Slam that Serena Williams won in her career? Was it the U.S. Open, the French Open, or Wimbledon? I'm going to say the French Open. All right, Steve. Question number two. Who was the last non-SEC team to win a CFB national championship? Florida State, Ohio State, or Clemson? Clemson. All right, Steve. Who holds the record for career overtime goals? Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin, or Yaramir Yager? I'm going to say just since he played for about 50 years, I'm going to go with Yager. And the final one. Who was the highest drafted Kachuk? Keith, Matthew, or Brady? Let's go with Matthew. All right, checking the score. Everybody get the same score. All right, yep. there's the score check. We'll go get a Kerber out of the Conus Islands. How you feel, Steve? Uh, not great. <laughs> no, well, you can't say that. Yeah, you have you, to. You have to be confident. You have to be. Own, you have to own it. You came on the show today, so that's also a huge step to start out your day, right? Well, here's the thing, Kerber. Kerber right has the same question, so we'll see yeah. how he does. It's not about. It's not about you. It's about what he does, right? He. he you did. Right. You did your best. Now it's on him. The pressure is on him. I am, I am here to show a level of stupidity that is. <laughs> Worthy of awe. I just love the confidence this Tuesday. <laughs> Kerber, right? Kerber, the confidence from everybody. Kerber, say, say good morning to Steve. He's, he's our guest for today. He's Steve, our... how are you today? You, Chris. I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm. I'm. I'm doing good. So I, here's the question. Now, with Randy gone all week, if Steve beats me or whomever is doing this uh, over the course of the week for like the next four days, he's in the Hall of Fame, right? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it is it is still character and Smallman. It's, we are still on one one from seven to it's the ten a.m. Formerly known as Kevin. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. We've been on here for an hour and a half. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, you, you didn't have. I didn't have the symbol. Uh, so that's <laughs> kind of hard to do already. You win three, you get in the Hall of Fame. And here's the thing: I've been here since January. No one has gotten into the Hall of Fame yet in my tenure. So well, I'm, I'm okay. going so, to try to keep that. There you up. go, Steve. Uh, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, Curbs. Here we go. Okay. What was the first singles Grand Slam that Serena won in her career? The U.S. Open, the French Open, or Wimbledon? Oh, I get the options? Yeah, you get the options. Oh. Yeah, it makes make it, yeah, we're not going to no, make it. No, I've always honored Randy by at least trying, then I'll say give you the options. Oh, so, okay. Right. You don't okay, want the options. We'll the next three, no, no, yeah, we'll, we'll try. All right, so the first <laughs> one. Okay, so the first Grand Slam. I got a 33.3% chance here. Uh, of. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going Wimbledon. Do you want me to give you the options? No, or? no, give me the options. Okay, and then, no then options? I'll, oh, okay. And, and no options from no, here on out. And then I'll tell out. you. But then I'll tell you. Okay, give me the options. But no, I'll, if I it's can too guess. late. It's too late. <laughs> okay. Question number two. Yeah. Who was the last non-SEC team to win a CFB National Championship? Ooh. Uh... Remember, you said no options. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Clemson. All righty. 
Who I holds the SCCT? All right, no. Go ahead. <laughs> who holds the record <laughs> for Bridget, overtime? Bridget, I'm playing poker with Brooker. Poker faces <laughs> I are can't, awful. I know, and I say this all the time. <laughs> poker Steve, faces Steve, awful. you should have seen. Come on, if I, only I, Steve <laughs> could see this. Kerber looked me dead in the eyes, and I tried to like look away so I couldn't give any sort of reaction. <laughs> you gotta have the poker face. All right, Curbs, who holds the record for overtime goals? Who holds the record for overtime goals? For career, excuse me, for career overtime goals. In, in, the, in, NHL. The, NHL? in the NHL? Yeah. Who holds the record for career over... Okay, this this feels like Alex Ovechkin to me. Um, All right, what are the options? Uh, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, see and Yarmir Yager. Uh, yeah, Yager's an interesting one because he, he played forever. Uh I'm going. I'm going. I'm sticking with my original gut. I'm. I'm sticking with Ovechkin. So now I am putting a paper over my face, so Chris Kerber can't see me because I have the worst poker face on earth. Question was it, number four: was it at least a good guess without the options. Or who was the highest drafted Kachuk? I'm not giving you any options for this. Ooh, the highest drafted Kachuk. Okay, I know Matthew went sixth. Brady went. Fourth or third? Um, geez, oh, Pete. It's just where did Keith go? He, I know he went to the Winnipeg Jets here on this one. Uh, I'm going Brady. Brady Kachuk. We got a winner. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just I'm win, baby. Seat. Just win, baby. <laughs> you did outstanding. Oh, How'd I do? You did, you got, you, uh, so we're going to go over the questions. Let's go over the questions. You did win 3-1. to 3-1. to one. Oh, Over nice. Steve. Yeah. A 3-1 to one win for Chris Kerber. But let's go over the questions. Carrie, hit him with the questions. All right. The first singles Grand Slam for Serena that she won in her career was the U.S. Open. Okay. And the last non-SEC team to win a CFB National Championship, that was Clemson. I did not give it away. I'm it's impressed. just that you I looked you at did, me. But like, you speed. made it look like you just said an SEC team. You, I can't believe you. Like, I thought I butchered that one on you. All right. <laughs> who holds the record for career overtime goals? It was Alexander Ovechkin. And nice. who was the highest drafted? Kachuk. And it was Brady. Fourth. You are right. Steve, I apologize. You caught me on a rare good day. A rare good All good. Congrats, Kerber. Good job, All right, Steve. Steve. Have a great week. Hey, you too. See, Kerbs, you tried to get me with the with the eyes right in. Yeah. Oh, no, no, he was, the, he was staring me down at the and I just stared right at him right back. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was trying to break me on the Kachuk question. He tried to get the answer out of me, and then we just stared locked eyes, but and listen, there was no so, answer to give. You know, the challenge is, is typically, like, I, I, I try to honor my former boss because I was a I, I'm a Randy character intern okay okay so I try to honor him by by going without him if I can but when, when something like that you're like uh, am I missing some better get the, well as soon as you know the options include the guy you're thinking anyway yeah. you're like okay yeah. I'm hosed unless it yeah jogs a memory there yeah, good job that was that was that was impressive and Pull Clemson right out of Brooke, the old I, we're gonna, we're gonna work on Brooks I, uh, I poker face the, because clearly when you looked right at her she I didn't see it but she must have smiled well, and said uh, yeah no I, 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 I wasn't I was literally we're sitting across from each other curbs and I and he I 
he said Clemson and he just stared into my soul. <laughs> and I'm like, and I like literally froze like a deer in the headlights. And I'm like, oh my God. I, I, I get it all the time. Like I can't believe like you got that wrong. Uh. No, I just, I was, I was like, please don't give it away, Brooke. Don't be the one that gives it away. <laughs> I need a break. Good fight. Coming yeah, up next, we'll talk a little college football and what happened over the weekend here on Character and Smallman. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Here's the launch. It's caught. And they try for the chicanery, and it doesn't work, and the game is over. Indiana wants me. Lord, I have gotten back there. Into the win column at home in Bloomington. Welcome back to Character and Smallman. That was my Illini losing a game against Indiana. Thanks, Rocky. We greatly appreciate that. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Chris <laughs> Kerber and Brooke Grimsley. Uh, college football this weekend was was you know, crazy. It was a lot of things going on, a lot of great games. Obviously, the Illini took a nail. Mizzou did win a game against La Tech, which was good for them. Um, but it was just an exciting time to get football back rolling and and. See some see some action from these young men. Uh, see what they were able to do. We were just talking about Brooke and I were talking about the LSU Florida State game and uh, <laughs> that was one of wild. the players. You know all of the things that took place. Obviously the game was wild. Um, losing the game, losing the game at the end for LSU. Uh, but just some some good football overall. Yeah, I mean especially. I, in regards to that wide receiver that's missing in action, he has scrubbed <laughs> LSU off of his social media. His name is Kayshawn, and I don't want to mispronounce his last name. We bo- were going Boutte, back. Boutte, Boutte, something like that. Yeah. yeah, which, I mean, obviously in LSU territory, probably yeah. has a little bit of that little French twang to it, mm-hmm. but it's what an interesting game that was. And I have to say, too, I was pretty surprised by the ending of the Illinois game. I was expecting them to win that one. What happened there? I mean, my my positive was Isaiah Williams, St. Louis native. There you go. He was a star that came out of that game, and he has been a star. But that was my one bright spot in that game. But I honestly thought Illinois was going to win that game, and it wasn't going to be. I expected it to be a low-scoring affair, but not that close. Hey, Carrie, what what does the Big Ten have to do to take some of the shine off the SEC? Or or what does what does maybe maybe not even the Big Ten, but what do the other what do the other conferences have you, to do? Can you play that sound? Yeah, can you play the sound? I, I the answer, yeah, not have games that end like that. Well, I was gonna say just win, baby. <laughs> you oh, gotta win. Oh, I was gonna say. I, I think you know you get to the point. So why aren't they as much? You know, it's a lot of talent down in the SEC, and and if you want to play, if you're gonna play their brand of football, Georgia looked like looked like they were ready to win the national championship. Today, the way they beat up on Oregon, uh, Alabama is going to be Alabama. They got a test this weekend against Texas, but it, it's I I'm a Big Ten guy, so I would never say that it's different because it's football. It's a physical, um, it's the physicality that comes with it. I think that the speed and the physicality that most of the SEC teams have, and a team like Georgia, a team like Bama, sometimes LSU when they were you know in there doing their thing. They're so deep at, at at multiple positions, and that's that's really the main difference. When you have depth, 
you got a guy go down. Like, LSU lost their starting D-tackle, I think, first quarter. I'm sure they have another guy that is a three-star, four-star kid just chomping at the bit, waiting for that opportunity. So that's the difference. I mean, it's, it's just the depth that you have at those universities, at an Alabama, where you got four stars sitting on the bench waiting for an opportunity but can't, to play. Can't Michigan? They should. Can't yeah. Illinois? Yeah. Can't, I mean, Ohio yeah. State? But but Michigan and Ohio State. Don't, don't, we don't want to do that. Oh, well, Put us not? in there. Well, <laughs> yeah, but why should? But, but, but why that, can't we? We just do? haven't. We have not. And, and I think we could. I think Illinois could, but we have not. Um, done it thus far, and and we haven't had a uh, uh, we haven't been to a Big Ten championship since two thousand and one. I haven't got won something for you guys. Then, so. yeah. It just means more. Yeah, in the I, I was going to stay away from that tagline. I, I it almost came out, but I I chose to avoid it. Brooke, thanks for bringing that up for <laughs> Listen, me. Listen, so I, I really was, appreciate I'm that. I'm all SEC, <laughs> all in on SEC. I was. Um, so I was I was reached out to Howard Richards about Mizzou with mm-hmm. the week knowing I was coming in to, to 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 work with you guys this week and say it's okay you know catch me up on a few things and you know one of the things that when when he was sharing some stuff with me the, the fact that and it was this number Brady Cook who who had a a, a very solid start mm-hmm. a, a very solid start in a lot of ways whose whose reception percentage would have been even better if if it wasn't for drop I, I'm almost. I'm almost wondering if, and we know that, we know that teams actually probably they look at a drop pass and don't put that into a quarterback's completion rate when they're well, doing they, their own analytics. Yeah, I think they still to a degree. It. I think they still but would. They've they've got to have some deeper analytics there. But the fact that the fact that he rushed for 61 yards, and it's that's not the number. It's the fact that that's the most that a Mizzou quarterback has rushed for in three years. Hmm. It's. It's almost is it hard to win at the collegiate level if you don't have more mobility I think in that position? I mean that's a that's a three year stat that's the thing that, that separates the elite teams is the interior line play. Offensive line, defensive line. That's why you saw Georgia able to dominate the way that they did last year. I thought yep. Michigan would have an opportunity because offensively their offensive line was was really good. But that defensive line from Georgia just dominated them. And, and you saw it in the draft. You got multiple first-round picks going from that defense or from that defensive line. Um, I think the thing that what if you're able to have an athletic quarterback, sometimes it's good when you have a lot of rushes because those are playing rushes. But if they're not, if they're, they're your scrambling, scrambling too much. Yeah. then that becomes a problem against better teams. Uh, I like what, what Mizzou did. I like the addition of Luther Burden. I like that he's able to do multiple things. They want to get the ball in his hands right now and allow him to be the athlete that he is. They put him in Wildcat, threw him a pl- passes out into the flat. Um I want to see if they have him returning punts and, and yes. doing those things coming up because he's been electric in in that in high school. So it's it's I think Mizzou is on the right track, the right path. The interior line play will be tested as they go further along in the SEC, and that's when you'll know who they are. Well, exactly. I mean, of course, look, it was Louisiana Tech. So, you know, we discussed right. this on Friday. You kind of have to temper. It's exciting because I thought they finished better than I was expecting, many people were expecting. So, of course, you're excited about that. But at the same time, that middle of the schedule for Mizzou is going to be so tough. That's a huge SEC test right there. And it seems like in the SEC, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just a lot more of winning the battle in the trenches. I thought the D-line looked a lot better for Mizzou. That was a huge takeaway as well. And Brady Cook, he is more of a mobile guy. Luther Burden, too, I think we're just tapping the surface of what we're going to see with him and how Eli Drinkwitz utilizes him in the playbook. So that's what I'm looking forward to because if you saw Luther at East St. Louis, Mm -hmm. punt return, 
just fantastic. Yeah. That was like his thing, and I'm excited to see that. I'm sure we'll see it as we get closer into SEC play too. Yeah, it's, it's, he's he's a fantastic athlete, and like I said, it, Mizzou recruiting this area, getting those guys to stay home and 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 come to to Columbia to play football is always going to be beneficial for them. Um, you know, it's it's it it's fun when you have family that is close enough to make that drive up, and that just gives more excitement to the program, to the team, and what they're able to do. Um, as far as my Illini, obviously they took an L against Indiana after a a <laughs> good win, but not a yeah, but, not. But Indiana's a juggernaut. Oh yeah, clearly. <laughs> And that's the juggernaut that we have to face to, to start for the second week. Uh, look, bro, even bro, it, does not, it does not phase me. I am a true Illini fan, so I understand who we are, what we are, and how this how this usually goes. It's it's sometimes it starts off well, sometimes it doesn't end too well. So you know those are our our, our programs here in the in the vicinity of of St. Louis, Missouri, Illinois, and Mizzou. One is doing well. Uh, they got a tough test this weekend against K State. The yep. other not so well and, well and and not having a great weekend. Bro, you got to understand. I went to Miami of Ohio. Okay, I'm not sure that the Mid America Conference counts. In the football, oh, yeah. hey. to a little degree. Now I know we got Gabbert throwing there now, and, and Roethlisberger was there. And, there you go. You know, and, and even Dylan McCullough and some guys that were playing when I was there. Uh, but um, but it is it is a, a, a totally different level when it when it comes. Now here's this is the most important. I, I question. As, you, as you get set to start your uh, your, your full time, you know, opening drive show. Indeed. Okay, I'm going to ask a really important question okay. here. You have a daughter that goes to school at Mizzou. I do. Okay. She says, and her name is Michaela, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Michaela calls up, Dad and says, Dad, come on down and join me for the football game. Okay. One, what do you say? And then she says, Come on, I, you need to wear the black and gold with me and sit next to me. Would you do so, it? So here's the here's the story about that. My okay. daughter obviously is at Mizzou, as you said. She uh, bought me. A Mizzou dad T-shirt. Okay, and and it was it was. Listen, you have it, to wear that. I, I did. I okay, wore it good. to her graduation party, the day of her graduation party, and I told her she she literally forced me to put it. Like I I almost had to pull it over my head and make me put it on. I did not want to, but it was her day, and it's about her. I told her then, as I would tell her now. This is the one and only time that you will get me to wear anything Mizzou. What about her college graduation? Maybe again that okay. day. Maybe, <laughs> but I, I maybe, but probably not. This day I had to take pictures in it. They shared it on social media and my friends were laughing at me and Is things. it just football? Like could you wear the black and gold no, to the bragging rights game? No. Oh, no, never. What she's we your play daughter. Illinois. You... They play Illinois in the bragging rights. No, not okay. ever. I'm just checking. Curves? No. I, okay. If you if you were to cut me open, I, I would probably orange would come out first. Okay, all right. Before, that's concerning, but that, I see. I, mean, I appreciate be, the dedication. That's, that's, yeah, it's just into pumpkin spice. There it is. I do. I really, it's fall and it's amazing and it's time. I don't know if you know this. You're not a coffee oh, drinker. No, but I know about it. Oh, with the it, daughters, it yes. Is, oh, yeah. It's pumpkin spice season. Coming up, we will have our text and mic drops about the Flaherty start reaction. Leave a text on the Air Comfort Service line at 65780 or mic drop at the 101 ESPN app. Coming up, that's coming up next on the Character and Smallman Show. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Opinionated and proud of it. This is Carriker and Smallman live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN.
comes in, misses bats. Great example right there. The strikeout of Garcia. Got him. Inside corner, back-to-back K's for Jack Flaherty. And the 3-2 comes back to get him in strikeout number six. Welcome back to the Character and Smallman Show. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley and Chris Kerber. And we're going to go to the text line and hear what they had to say about old Jack Flaherty and his start from yesterday. It is a lot, a lot of Jack Flaherty. And I was saying this during the break. Anytime you bring up Jack Flaherty's name, a lot of people have a lot to say about it, whether that's good or bad. So we're going to start with this one. I hope Flaherty pitches well enough the rest of the season to get a good trade in the off season. Mm. He's a California guy. I don't think he likes it here or wants to be here. Well, like, okay, <laughs> who says it? It, it, you said it's from the what? Text line. Yeah, yeah. Did they put their name on it? No. no. All right. So well, then your funny. comment means absolutely nothing to me. Like, like it's a, that is that is such an absolutely stupid, moronic, idiotic, asinine, close-minded, jerk store type comment. Okay, because to think that you sitting at home on your couch or driving around in your car. Having never had a conversation with Jack Flaherty, having never known him, you're going to judge based off a two-minute soundbite on the sports news or something where this guy wants to be, how he wants to be because he has opinions on things or whatever. Like that kind of stuff irritates the tar out of me that that people are going to, oh, I'm going to judge who you are as an individual and what you want. He's a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. He can express his opinions doing whatever the heck he wants to do. right? And when he's on, he's damn good. That's what should matter. Yeah, I don't think there is a, a place. Is that over the top? Nah, I okay. think it was just right, right, right on that point. That was no caffeine. That was that no was caffeine. No I, caffeine. Okay, well, we'll, we'll hopefully we keep it that way. Okay, for all the right. Rest of the day. <laughs> I, I think um, you know Flaherty is is uh, trading him anywhere is is out of out of a realm of, of nothing that I could see happening. I think he is. Especially if Wainwright is going next year, and and we don't know what he's going to do, we don't know if if the Cardinals are going to resign, and we don't know if he's going to want to resign. You're going to have to have guys that can be an ace, I think. And and Jack Flaherty has the potential, the stuff that if he's dialed in, locked in, healthy, he is your guy that you can lean on and say every fifth day we know we're going to throw that roll the ball out there, and he's going to be a guy that gets us six, seven, eight innings and and potentially a win. So and at some, and at some point in time. If you're the Cardinals, and the Cardinals know this, but I think this is also why they haven't gone out and and made the big splash with a free agent signing on a pitch. At some point in time, you know you're going to have to play in the sandbox. So if you are going to somehow, and you don't have to spend as egregiously and over the top, maybe foolishly, as the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees, some of those others, but at some point in time, you are going to have to sign one of those big contracts to somebody you probably brought. Hopefully, it's somebody you brought up, mm-hmm. like, like a Flaherty. Right. And and I got to be honest with you, I hope like all heck that Jack Flaherty earns one of those monster contracts because if he's earned it, that's a great thing for yeah. for the Cardinals there. So um, if you're if eventually you do decide you're trading a Jack Flaherty, you're trading him because you're not sure about the consistency of the health. That's the factor, and then the other the other factor would be if you are definitely getting something back that you know is a commodity, and you've got to know that he could be the ace of your staff. So to, to me, it, it, it I, I'm almost in, in with you there that carry like 
it would it would take something pretty spectacular. Right. But but this guy has the tool, has what it takes. It's just can he stay healthy to do it? Well, and and here's the thing is, you know, not saying that I know everything about Jack Flaherty, but I am in that clubhouse with him. Especially, I've heard people say, Was, "Is that texture in there with you?" No, that, <laughs> no, text, oh, that no. texture's not in there. But he knows yeah, that much more. well, gotcha. and here and here's the thing is just. The thing is, is Jack Flaherty, if you know him and his personality, and I'm sure some people have noticed that if they follow him on social media, he has that edge. He embraces kind of that, you know, Mamba mentality. He's huge on that. And so, of course, if you're a Kobe Bryant fan, you understand the Mamba mentality, right? It's having that edge. It's having almost like embracing that I won't. I don't say villain because I don't think that he's a villain, but embracing that persona of like you can't beat me. He has to have that edge on the mound because that's what works for him. That's what helps him have that ace like stuff, and that's what you want because we saw that in 2019, especially as you mentioned, Curbs earlier. That second half of the season, you want that again this season. That edge works for him, Chris and Carpenter he has had that edge. yeah. And he says over. I promise you guys, he has had especially here recently how much he wants to be a part of the this team, how much he cares about this group and follows them and how they didn't even necessarily need him, but now he wants to come in and help. He is dedicated. He does care. And say that he does get traded, would you not want him to still be successful this season? Because the better he does this season, the better his trade value is, the more return the Cardinals will get. You don't want to just give him up for nothing, essentially, right? But I think that he could be a key part of the Cardinals starting rotation for years and years to come. And I get it's one start. Somebody else also texted in, it was one decent start. I can't find it right now, but one decent start against the worst team in baseball. Mm. Hey, you got to give the Nationals a little <laughs> bit of credit here. One, Anibal Sanchez was, I, I mean, spectacular and has been for the Nationals here recently. And mind you, the Nationals just beat the Mets. Just beat the Mets. That's a pretty darn good team in itself. One thing I was going to touch on that you, you just spoke about was the, the Mamba mentality of Jack Flaherty. And I'll take it a, a step further. And I think it goes to, to a guy that he uh, modeled his game after and, and, and became a mentee of his mentor, Bob Gibson. Just yeah. understanding the intensity before, they were, before there was Kobe Bryant and the Mamba mentality. I think you have Bob Gibson and his intensity and what he was when he came to the mound and, uh, and, and how he carried himself on, a, on the mound and on the baseball field. So... When you have a mentor that that kind of instills those things into you and 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 pulls those things out of you, you understand the importance of every start. You understand the importance of doing your job effectively, efficiently, and making sure that your guys can lean on you and be a great teammate, be a great guy for for the team that you're playing for. All right, Brooke, let me have it. This is gonna get you <laughs> fired up. Are you ready, Curbs? All right, Flaherty is like Tarasenko. Great talent with a chip on his shoulder. The cards are wise to basically keep him whether he likes it or not because there may or may not be a better option. That's James. What do you think about the Flaherty-Tarasenko comparison? Uh, well, I don't think Flaherty, except for the one half season yet, has shown the greatness that Tarasenko has shown over some time yet. So, um, But I, I think what they're saying is, you know, Tarasenko had said, I, I, I want to be traded. He wanted something different in his life. And, and I was on record at the time saying, I, I understand an athlete wanting that. You know, I mean, so I, 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 I don't begrudge that. Never hated it right right from the start. Um, I, I just think, look, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too on this. If, 
if a player shows its personality, if a player throws their opinions out on social media, whatever it is, that that's that's fine. You don't have to agree with what they do. You don't have to agree with what they say. It sure as hell doesn't mean that you hate the guy. I got into a huge debate the other night with a neighbor. I mean, we, we polish off bottles of bourbon sometimes. We are on so opposite sides of this one debate. It could have gotten heated. I mean, and it did get a little heated. But but I still can't wait to, to sit with the guy the next day. Like, So I'm... I don't let those personal opinions and beliefs and things like that. I actually respect when somebody has the courage or even the gumption, whatever it may be, to to say what they feel needs to be said. And frankly, if you don't agree with them, that's okay. That actually lends to great conversation. So I'm, that does not play a role in whether or not I'm a fan of what somebody does on the field. And I hope... More, I just hope for the athlete's sake. Like, I hope he stays healthy because this guy could be really dang good if yeah. he stays healthy. Five if he, if he stays healthy, yeah. yeah. If yeah. he stays healthy, he's going to be one of the. He, he's going to be an ace on this staff, and he's going to be one of the guys that you look at as, as you know. I think potentially Cy Young award winner. I think he's that. I he think should he's, be the ace now if he had he stayed. If healthy. he's healthy, and had I think he he, I think he's yeah. that good and can do that uh, for this team. He has good swing and miss stuff. That's what you need in the starting rotation, right? That's something that they talk about in general that you like to have in your pitching staff, and he has that potential. We saw a little bit of it yesterday. It is one start, so of course it's just a step in hopefully the right direction for Flaherty. I'm okay with cantankerousness to some degree in an athlete. Right, those athletes that are that way have to back it up, and the good ones, especially the great ones, back it up. Clarkson, Clarkson Jewelers time check is nine sixteen. Uh, Brooke Curbs, it's Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, you're excited. It's NFL this week, aren't football you? is yeah. coming up in a couple yes. of days. When we return, we'll have some NFL news and notes here you on. You got Care your Games Amazon Home. subscription ready? I'm ready to roll. <laughs> I'm always ready. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Character and Smallman. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Chris Kerber and Brooke Grimsley. And it's the what? It's, it's the it's show formerly known formerly as. known as. Soon to go. be the opening drive with character ah, and Kerry Davis. He's on and a roll. There we go. But, but as we were talking about before the break, I, I like to call this is this is almost like Christmas Eve Eve. Yep. You know, Christmas Eve is a is a wonderful time. It's the night before Christmas, obviously. And this is Christmas Eve. This is two nights before Christmas because it's the Christmas Day is is the NFL opener. Thursday night, Buffalo Bills versus the Los Angeles Rams and. I, I don't know about you all. I, I am obviously just super, ex- extremely excited about football getting back rolling. I was I was excited about last weekend with college football getting rolling, and now the NFL starts back up with a with a great matchup against those two teams. And you know, the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, are are and Josh Allen is is my opinion the lead favorite for MVP of the league. I'm not just Kirk excited. Cousins? Not Kirk Cousins, okay. not at all. Uh, I can name about three or four <laughs> other people other than Kirk Cousins. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see Buffalo and and how they handle. And I'm, I'm excited to see how the Los Angeles Rams, you know, how they transition from winning a Super Bowl and what they come out and what they look like in the first game. I don't want them to win another Super Bowl. I don't want them to win another game. I don't, I don't, them win. Win I don't think anybody wanted them to win <laughs> oh, yeah. that one. I think that the joy that people had when they went and lost was. 
amazing. Euphoric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Carrie, somebody texted in. I feel like you can answer this question easily. Who is your NFL team? Uh, th- that's clearly the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. There, there is only one NFL team, in my opinion. I, I don't you know. Those other no teams others. are. Nah, they just, they're they just, just there. They are, they are road bumps on the way to success that the Pittsburgh Steelers have to go over. Okay, well, so I, I have two points on the Steelers thing then. One, first of all, you're going to have to do a little work on Randy because as you know, Carricard uh, Smallman, which is again finishing finishing out or as yeah. like I say, finished out, uh, it was a Dolphin show. So which is a which is work. a little strange because that's a far... Was, that's a, I mean, Pittsburgh is not close, but Miami the listeners, is... The listeners chose. So we're going to have to do a little chose? work. Okay. And speaking of doing a little work, Pittsburgh Steelers have some in front of them. They named their starting yes, quarterback. They did. Mitch Krabisky, not only a captain, but a starter. Yeah. So we talked talked about this a few weeks ago when you were on the show with Randy, but now it's finalized. Mitch Trubisky taking over. Your thoughts on uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback? I think Mitchell um, will do I think he'll do the the serviceable job. I don't know it. I mean, one thing that Mitchell Trubisky has is he has he has the ability to run. You know, he's he's athletic enough to get outside if, if the pocket breaks down, which the offensive line last year was a struggle to say the least for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, and then he has some some real weapons at, at, at receiver and at running back. Deontay Johnson, I think, is outstanding. Uh, they drafted George Pickens. Najee Harris is a is a stud in the backfield. So I am I am excited to see what he's able to do with this offense. Um, I can't say whether or not he's an upgrade from Ben because Ben obviously is Ben and he did such an outstanding job. But his last few years, he just was immobile in the pocket and not able to, you know, do the things that he had done earlier in his career. I think Mitchell Trubisky brings that extra element that will help them extend plays and, and you know, get some big plays down downfield. Okay, so the, I'm to me that's one of the fascinating stories of the NFL season. Because of this, and I've I've always been a huge fan of coaches. Kind of when, when Bill Parcells turned Otis Anderson into a thousand yard running back, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals thought he was done, right? And yeah. he becomes a Super Bowl yeah. MVP. Okay, that's when I became a Giants fan, and have been one ever since. Otis Anderson okay. used to have the huge thigh pads, and he used uh, to run. So I, it was <laughs> as a kid, I was like, oh yeah, that that, that guy. That that one, and then Roy Green's all. Uh, Roy Green had yeah. one of my all time favorite quotes too, and I got I got a poster up in, up in the basement of Roy Green sitting on a jet, the old kangaroo poster okay, okay. Right, of, of Jetstream. But when, <laughs> when, when, he, when he eventually went to the Eagles and the media asked him, have you lost a step? He said, yeah, but I had a step to give. <laughs> and I thought that's just one of the greatest lines ever. But Mike Tomlin, the, the coaching consistency of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, the Penguins, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> well, they just renewed their coach to three years too, by there the way. But um, the coaching consistency really is fascinating, and and I think it's led to some of the successes. The real question would be, I mean, for a guy that's never been below five hundred as as a coach with them, mm-hmm. like, I mean, do you think does he does he does this year do they do they finish five better than five hundred uh, even with Trubisky? I think so. I mean, because if it I, does, that's going to say that says a ton about this coach, doesn't well, it? What he was able to do. He was able to do it when Ben got hurt a few years ago with right. Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, um, and I think this team is is built better to to succeed with the addition with the addition of Trubisky. Like I said, his his mobility allows them to extend plays, and that offensive line struggled a lot last year. They they've moved uh, Kendrick Green was the starting center. They moved him to guard, and he's not starting at guard anymore. So you know you you move some pieces around and you move some people around, and I think offensively. They're going to – I think they'll be fine. And defensively, the the issue that they've had is in the secondary. Minka Fitzpatrick is outstanding, but the corner play has not been 
you know, up to par. You obviously got great pass rush with Watt off the edge. I think that they will be in a position to be above 500. Uh, it's going to be tough to see if how Lamar plays in that AFC North if they can win the division. The Browns obviously have their issues. The Bengals coming off of a Super Bowl run, uh, they may take a step back just because you have a hangover after winning and or losing the Super Bowl. So there's an opportunity there. I think it's going to be down to the to the Ravens and the Steelers, and and you know I, I'll take my chances with the Steelers every day. All right, are the Chiefs better with the changes they've made, or are the no. Chiefs? Oh, I don't, you don't have to finish it. No. 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 You lose because you of Tyreek Hill? You cannot lose the fastest man in the NFL who 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 ex- who stretched the defenses the way that he did and tell me that you became a better team without him. And because Tyreek is is uh, I mean one of one when it comes to elite speed Was that running a necessary past move. I mean it was necessary for him. <laughs> he yeah. wanted to get paid. And you know, he he's won a Super Bowl, he's done everything right his time there and, and on the field and you know, it's time to get paid. Sometimes you win a championship, you want to get the money that 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 you deserve. So, you can't be mad at Tyreek Hill, but I don't think that the Chiefs became a better team with him leaving and you adding uh Marquez Valdez-Scanlon and you're adding Juju Smith-Schuster and you're adding a rookie in Sky Moore. I don't think that that team is better than the team that they had last year with Tyreek on the roster. All right. So who will win the Super Bowl and why is oh. it the Titans? Oh, I did a little bit of cooking. Did some Tennessee orange come through here? Like what's I don't think that the Titans have I don't even know that they win their division. Oh, come on. I don't I don't I don't know that they win their division. I just have to tell it like it is. I think the Colts are, are were a quarterback away from from being outstanding. I'm so tired of hearing about they, the Colts. They, they were and all their promises <laughs> and all the all the good stuff they have going on. I'm tired of it. I, you know what, Brooke? I have no clue who I would have to see. You know, first three or four weeks and kind of get a get a glimpse of who is really showing themselves to be elite teams. I, I do like Buffalo. I like Buffalo in the AFC East. Um, they were they were, you know, a uh, a. Uh, uh, Defensive stop away from going to the next round against the Chiefs yeah. last year, and that was a that was a hell of a game. I think the Chiefs take a step back. I think the Bills take a step forward. Um, so you have them. It's going to be tough in the NFC. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly have. I don't, right, think, I don't think it'll be the Rams, but I don't. I have no clue. Is Russell Wilson in a better situation to? rediscover some success yes oh yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. i think this move with him with the broncos is such a good deal how they were even able to pull that off because i'm sure carrie too you saw how drew Locke did with the seahawks but i mean i think that this move is going to pay out really really well for russell wilson yeah i think russell is in a i mean they were the Broncos were, were, in my opinion, a quarterback away as well. They <laughs> they were a team. You don't say. Uh, yeah, yeah they, I mean, Drew Locke, you know, love him. He's a Mizzou guy. Cool. Okay, yeah. whatever. Uh, <laughs> 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 Boy, did you say that reluctantly? <laughs> you add, you this add, is going to be a fun. Oh, I hope Mizzou becomes really, really good while you're hosting uh, this show mean, with Randy. And I will, I will root for them anytime they are not playing the, the, the Illini. Um, will you wear the shirt? No, never. Okay. Uh, but I, I think that the Broncos defensively are are extremely talented. They're sound. They added Randy Gregory uh, off the edge. Um, 
the defensive backfield with Simmons and, and Patrick Sartan Jr., they are going to be elite defensively. And as I said, they run the ball well. They got some really good receivers. If Jerry Judy can catch the ball and hold on to it, they'll be he'll be he'll be fine and they'll be fine. Um, but Russell Wilson makes a huge difference on that team, uh, not just the offense but the team in general. I believe in that. I believe in that 100%. And I know, look, I I see people saying, Brooke, with the Titans, come on. Look, there's a lot of possibilities, especially to – I'm all in on Malik Willis eventually being the future for the Titans quarterback situation. And I'm also all in on Derrick Henry coming back as well. So maybe it's just the homer in me for the Tennessee Titans. But I just want maybe? them – Just maybe. Curves. Let me have this maybe? moment – all right, you can have the moment. Go Titans. Uh, That's just this moment, though. Just this. Oh, just this. <laughs> just this moment. I don't know that the rest of the season is going to hey, be. Hey, you know what? Okay, uh, let me throw a total fandom thing out here, like like pure fan thing. I don't know, or I don't care anymore. What I don't know that I care whether or not Aaron Rodgers is any more success. I don't know really what's going on with Green Bay. And stuff and, and how that's gone. I want out. I'm out. I mean, the guy could still is actually a hell of a quarterback, right? But I just I don't know if I got any rooting interest in the Aaron Rodgers story anymore. In the Aaron Rodgers career anymore. You you, you kind of get that because enough is enough. It's become almost like I don't know. Is it like a I don't know. If, I don't know if, if I say sideshow or what. But it's, it's Are you probably talking about the off the field antics or no no. I'm just in general. I mean, the I'm last just few talking about in last general. few yeah. preseasons you've had. Aaron Rodgers stories. He was he coming back? Was he not? Was it? Yeah. I don't need Hawastica. Is that how you said? That was the Iowastica. thing. Ayahuasca. That yeah. was the thing this off season. <laughs> uh, last year during the season, it was he was um, not vaccinated, but he was. What was the word that he used? I, I can't even remember. Immunized. Immunized. Oh, and, yeah. and so oh, yeah. it, it's it seems to be a lot of things off the field. So that may be that may Look, be a little bit why you are maybe. The story yeah, I'm Yeah, because I'm not like, quarterbacking matters anymore, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you know it I does. Mean, it, it, he lost you know a, he lost a, He lost a receiver that was elite as well, so I don't. Yeah. I think they take a step back um, in the passing game because you can't lose guys like that and think that you're going to be as good as you were the year before. I'm all in on the Tom Brady storyline going into the season. He was my quarterback in fantasy football last year, and he was fantastic. But now I'm a little concerned going to the season. One, he looks a lot skinnier, and two – all of that stuff with him, the rumors with him and Giselle Bunchen having issues. <laughs> yeah. I, that concerns me from a fantasy football perspective of whether or not I should pick him up. Yeah. In general, he's just an interesting story as well going into this season. Well, he'll always be an interesting story as long as he goes. I mean, what was he, 42 or 45? 42? He's almost, he 40. should be 45. I'm 41, 40, be 42 next year. I believe he's Almost 45. 45. Yeah. He turned 45 on August 3rd. There you go. Was that that's, during his break when he was away? Yeah, he happy birthday. He must that's have had just damn planned. impressive no matter what. To be playing at this age. Effectively. Effe- but effectively. <laughs> you were talking about yeah. Yarmir Yager a couple of segments ago. How old was he when he, when he finally— He's still playing he's, pro he's hockey. Still, he's not he's in still the NHL, playing. though. He's 50. In, no, 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 not in the NHL, but he's no. Still, he's still playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still playing over in Europe. That's yeah. amazing. That's pretty cool. 
Coming up, 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next week's Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals and Brewers on Tuesday, September 13th. Next week's Bud Bash giveaway features a limited-edition Jim Cat bobblehead. Get all the details for the final Budweiser Bash of the season at Bush Stadium now at cardinals.com backslash promotions. And next up, we have a new segment called Rock and Roll. We'll get into it when we get back on Carriker and Smallman. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We roll tonight to the guitar bite. I want to rock! And roll. Welcome back to the Character and Smallman Show, or as our co-host today has called it, the show formerly known as. <laughs> that there it is, formerly okay, yeah. known as. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like we've gone through like several name changes in just the few hours yeah, we've been here. We just got to get it teed up for next Monday when when Carrie takes over with Randy on, on the opening drive. We'll, we'll get it rolling. That's Chris Kerber and Brooke Grimsley. I am Carrie Davis and. We are going to start a new segment called Rock and Roll. Uh, Matt, what you got for us? Yeah, I want to get, we're going to get something going here. It's kind of the variety segment, if you will, here late in the uh, Character and Smallman uh, show as we're going to be going into the opening drive. We're going to hit it hard on Monday, but I wanted to get it in here, get some change, change up the pace a little bit, let people hear what they're going to be hearing a little bit on the opening drive. So the premise here is pretty simple, guys. I got a list of topics in front of me. They range from all across sports, maybe a couple non-sports things in here. So the question is, are we going to rock with the topic? We're going to talk about it a little bit. Are we going to let it roll. So right off the bat, I want to know you guys, over the weekend, it hit on Friday, we didn't get a chance to talk about it on this show, but college football playoff expansion, it's coming. What do you guys think? When we talk, we rocking with it, we rolling with it. Uh, I actually would roll. Roll. I, let it roll. No college football expansion uh, here on the show. It's That's too fine. much. That's fine. And it's not going to be. It's, we are a few years away and no one we know who's going to be in the net. about no it if one. we say roll. Well, I know. Oh, That's what sorry. you said. Roll. Yeah, roll. Keep it yeah. rolling. Keep it rolling. Yeah. Serena he almost rocked with it, okay? Almost, he almost, you almost rocked. You almost brought me in, and yeah. you brought me back. Yes, I appreciate hey, it. That's the entire point. You were this close. I, I, you were this close. I was going to jack up some ACD. You did the lean with it, rock with it. I did. I did. Yeah. There you go. Oh, my God. He did. Let's get that one in there. God, hold on. See, this is why we do the dress rehearsal. I like this. Thank you very much. soft opening. On Friday, there was another incredible event with a greatest of all time. We saw some pool holes later on in the weekend. But Serena Williams on Friday, that last match against Ayla Tomjanovic, it had everyone going, including Saquon Barkley. He was rocking with it. You want to rock with it? I'll rock. All yeah, right. I'll rock with Here's it. Here's okay. what I want to talk about. I was on Twitter. I was watching that game on a late Friday night. I had gotten home, and the entire sporting what, world. That match? The, the, my, the thing, the Thank you. Get it right. <laughs> well, I was going to talk specifically about one of the games. There you go. Oh, ah, see, you, you are so full of it, but you, you just saved it. I did. I did. Yeah. That was a little, yeah. a little too much. And that, of course, was the run that had everyone going back and forth. Advantage, deuce, advantage, deuce, yes. back and forth between the two. It had Twitter completely going. Every single person that I was following, whether it was a big-time basketball writer to the baseball writers who were watching another game at the same time, they were talking about Serena Williams. I have never seen seen tennis take over in that moment on a Friday night nonetheless it was one of the most unbelievable singular moments in sports I've seen over the last few years well how, how old are you I'm 31 okay 30. see see that makes sense because you know when when, when you see like 
Like, did you do you even know? So when you saw the woman come out to interview Serena afterwards, did you know that that was Mary Jo Fernandez? I did know that. Yes. Okay, and, and you know, for like, there was a time where some of those stars were kind of bigger, and and I think more recently, especially with the fragmentation of what everybody watches, it may be a little bit harder. But there was a time when that stuff. I mean, you, when when Wimbledon was on, you were watching. When U.S. Mm-hmm. Open was on, you were watching. I mean, there, there, there was there was this, the the key there. I think that sequence you were talking about, where they were going back and forth, deuce add, deuce add, and eventually Serena lost that one. I actually I think that might have cost her the whole match. Mm. Be- oh yeah, probably be- because I th- she turns around and 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 wins that one. Uh, Right then and there, it saves a whole sequence of energy that maybe she has, and I think she just ran out of gas in, in, the, in the final But I feel set. like that was also kind of like the beauty of it. I mean, everybody was right. glued to their TVs, monitors, watching that moment, and that's you were just rooting for her to win. You wanted her to finish it off. And also, I just love seeing her give all of her effort, especially when she won a point. She literally was just like screaming out, you know, like she was so trying ma- to psych herself up. Yeah. And I mean, the energy was just incredible. And curbs to your point about, you know, tennis has lost its popularity, especially in the U.S., because we haven't had so many dominant U.S. tennis players. So I think that that's also the part of it, too, where it's like Serena really was one of the last kind of big stars that we've had in the U.S. that was the reason that you watch the U.S. Open is the reason you watch Wimbledon also because you want to see what Serena does in those big grand slams. But, I mean, it was just such a beautiful moment. And also, I cheesily enough, then I started, like, looking at all the videos, that Nike ad that they did of her and her father where it was, you know, Richard saying, this is the moment. Imagine that you're in the U.S. Open and then they cut to her in the U.S. Open. I was in tears. I mean, the fact that her father was preparing her her whole life for these big moments, I mean, just chills. It was absolutely incredible. And to Curb's point, I tell you what, I was watching earlier in the the match. If she doesn't let that first... You know, she had a she had a lead five two. She was up five two in the first four in both. Yeah, yeah. she was a five two in the first, yeah. and then she was a four, four two oh. in the second. That's right. And it's just if she doesn't let those slip away, it completely changes it's the stamina of how long the match was going. And you knew it as you were watching it. I don't care if she wins this point, she's not going to be able to outlast Listen, someone this much younger than her. Here's one last aspect of that. I was fascinated by this part of it. So Tamjanovic comes back the way she did down by like four games in, in, in each of those sets. She's doing that with there's the only person in Arthur Ashe Stadium at that time rooting for her was her coach. <laughs> That's it. She did that knowing. And she she addressed it. The end. She did that knowing that she was, was going to be disappointing. Her win was going to disappoint everybody in that building and that many more. That's amazing. And it was pretty clutch as well. It was flat-out clutch. It was, she put on an amazing show herself. I want to get one more topic out of here in rock and roll. So, NFL, we didn't hit it here. Zach Wilson might be starting in week one three weeks after knee surgery. Let it roll, or are we going to rock with it, Kerry? I, I will rock with this Gary's for gonna one, rock with one, it. one particular reason. What do you think about reason? this one? Putting the quarterback at a little risk well, just a few weeks after listen, knee surgery. No. It's a it's a meniscus. I mean, I understand the bone bruise is the is probably the issue that will linger more because you really have no 
type of treatment for a bone bruise. There's not much you can do to it. Um, but I would not risk it. I would not risk him putting him back out there a few weeks after uh, uh, Taron messing his knee up the way that he did. It was non-contact injuries scare me more than than the contact injuries because you know it, it's obviously non-contact. Nothing nothing caused you to do that other than you normal your normal running, cutting, jumping, the things that you do every single day. Um, so that for me is a is a is a, would be a little bit worrisome. So I I would He's not be rush medically him. ready though, right? Yeah, but you by whose standards? Well, that's you know what I mean. We talked about that. There's, with Larry, but there's right? no way the team is going to put him out there if they think it's you would a risk. Think are that they? it depends on what the team's priority is. Is it that Ooh. they want? <laughs> do they want to see him perform well or do they want to see him perform poorly? Did what you do ever we, feel pressured by a team to play? Uh, no, I, I, think, I know you dealt with injuries. So. I think I think the pressure that you feel comes from within, knowing that I have to perform, I have to help my team, I have to help myself, and not necessarily worrying about what uh, they think of you. Because when you get to a certain certain point in your career, you know what you're capable of or not. Um, and, so you never and really had a coach maybe feel like you dumped on him, like oh, you're hurt or this. I had, and you a, can't. I had a trainer. You, sure you can't go. I had a trainer in college who forced me to try to do a 6 a.m. workout after having bronchitis. Oh, a week gosh. earlier, I had bronchitis, and I almost—I—I've I, gotten sick maybe three times in my life. This is one of them. I, yeah. I had bronchitis on Sunday, so Monday I missed the workout. Obviously, Wednesday, I—I I, I told him, I said, "Sir, I, I can't—I can't do this. I, I'm not going to make it." And he had some words for me, and I told him, "Well, okay, if I die, my mom's be here." Shortly, and you will be where I am right after I get to where I am. So you'll be under six feet. I'll see you in a little bit. You'll be right behind me. So, uh, but other than that, no, I haven't. I had never, never experienced. And now he was a he was a great trainer. He was just one of those guys that believed you could push yourself a little bit further. It was more mental than it was physical. But for me, in that moment, it was definitely physical, and I felt like death was. Knocking at the door. <laughs> I can't think of five more words to get me excited for NFL Week One than Joe Flacco, New York Jets. Oh yes, that's going to be one hell of a stinker of a game. But that is the first instance of rock and roll and whatever the heck we are calling this show this week. <laughs> oh, I like that one. There you go. There you go. That's a new one. Yeah, I like it. When we come back, actually, we're going to be talking. We're going to be closing out the show. We're going to send it to Balloon Party. But before we go, I need everyone to go to Chris Kerber's Twitter account. And correct me if I'm wrong, it's at Chris Kerber. Yeah, Very simply, right. at Chris Kerber. He put up his special coleslaw recipe. And this is this is special. you, you got to watch the video. you got to figure out what it is because when we come back, we got, some right bud tickets. we got some Bud Bash tickets to give away. And so you need to go to Chris Kerber's Twitter, figure out what the secret ingredient is to his coleslaw, and texter number 48. We'll get those two Bud Bash tickets. We'll come back. We'll find out who the winner is again. Text number 48. Go to Chris Kerber's Twitter. Text in to the Air Comfort uh, Service text line at 65780 what Chris Kerber's secret ingredient is for his coleslaw. Text number 48 is going to win some tickets to the Bud Bash. Going to be exciting to see who gets that. The <laughs> recipe is amazing. <laughs> coming back when we get, coming back, we have What's on Tap on Character and Smallman. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to uh, Character and Smallman. 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next week's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Brewers on Tuesday, September 13th. Next week's Bud Bash giveaway features a limited edition Jim Cott bobblehead. 
Get all the details for the final Budweiser Bash of the season at Bush Stadium now at cardinals.com backslash promotions. So, so Brooke, we have a, a question, or you have a question for us. You got a fantasy draft coming up. What's going on? I have fantasy football draft. My team is also named the Battle Hawks for Life. That okay. worked well for me last season. I hope that the XFL keeps the Battle Hawks name because that would look silly for my fantasy football team. Um, guess what, guys? I have the first pick in this year's draft, and it was a random pick, so it's not because I sucked last year or something, okay? <laughs> it was because it was random, and so now the position I'm in is do I go full homer and take Derrick Henry first, or do I just go with the obvious Jonathan Taylor? Do you want to win, or do you want to root? Oh, come on. Derrick Henry actually, when he was healthy last year. I think that's the, think that's the key year. question. Derrick Henry, when healthy, is the number one pick. Thank you. But, that's, that's what I'm getting at. But See? he did get injured last year, and that was a, a tough task on the, the Tennessee Titans take a when kicker. he went down. Do not take a kicker. Oh, do not do take not. a kicker. <laughs> take a kicker. <laughs> I think that's the worst thing that I can do. If you do point. that, they will they will know something is up, and they <laughs> will be like, uh, is you just Brooke might as well okay? donate your money if that's the case. If you're, if you're, I got to yeah, the point man. where I actually didn't want the first overall pick. I wanted I how many how many teams are in your league? Um, I think we have eight. Okay. Oh, you like got that. it. You, oh, you then you're going to get, get good players all the way yes. through. Yes, yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Derek Henry yeah. might. He still might be he there. Might, he, will, he won't be there, but no, you'll get someone. He won't be there. You'll get you'll get a pretty good player. Your next either time way, around. it's still better to pick. Kind of, I, I'd rather almost pick in the middle versus have that one pick, and then you've got to wait for the snake yes. to come back to yes. get you. Yes, you know, I, it's a long I, and I know week. you get two picks in a row, but there's a lot that it's goes a lot off the board. Happens in that in that time frame. Yeah. I, I've just been psyching my coworker out because he's already been saying he's getting a Derrick Henry because he's the number two pick. He's getting a Derrick Henry jersey and stuff. And I said, no, you know what? I think I'm going to pick him. So I, it's me <laughs> continuing to psych him out. Maybe I'll mess with him. Maybe I'll do the Homer thing. But I don't know. I guess Jonathan Taylor it is. Okay. You know, when's God. your draft? When's your draft? <laughs> Tonight. Okay, she's coming in tomorrow and telling we'll, us. That's we'll, how we're yeah. on the show. All right, and I'm t- she's picking Henry. There you go. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's Brooke Grimsley. That's Chris Kerber. I'm Kerry Davis. Coming up, the balloon party with Tim McKernan and Action Jackson. That's next on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.